two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. It's Monday. It is March 28th. And it's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. You know it better. It's the Big X. We're here until 6 o'clock talking everything happened over the weekend, reacting to it, also getting ready for tonight's huge Elite Eight game in Wichita between your top-seeded Louisville Cardinals and the third-seeded Wolverines of Michigan. We'll be breaking that down uh, up until 6 o'clock, getting you ready. We'll make our predictions right before the end of the show. Hopefully, we're celebrating a Final Four berth tomorrow, but there was plenty of other things happening over the weekend. Also, we want to hear from you today. Thornton's text line, the number, you know it. If you don't, it's 502-414-1450. We want to hear your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns, your topic ideas, all that good stuff. We want you interacting with the show today. Before we get to your text, before we get to my thoughts on what happened over the weekend, before we say anything about tonight's game against Michigan, got to say hello to the world traveler. He's back, folks. He's looking chipper, dapper. He's still oozing with jealousy because Sean Moth once again came in studio while he was gone. He's not happy about that, but he is happy to be back on the airwaves today. He is Trevor Kelsey. TK, how are you? Did you miss me? Of course. Yeah, you, you thought you were going to get rid of me, didn't you? You, thought, you finally thought you were free, didn't you? But guess what? You can't get rid of me with a good shot of penicillin, my friend. I am around forever. You Well, I, I thought I knew I was getting you back. But I thought I was getting you back without a voice, based on what you had said over I, the weekend. I, I told you this on Saturday. I was a little concerned. I woke up on Saturday, and I could not talk. Like I, 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 I assume only it was from the product of chain smoking and singing at the top of my voice as I drive it in the radio. Okay. I'm that person. I'm, I mean, me I'm, too. Yeah, I'm the guy. I don't even care. Like, I'm in a red light. I'm sitting there just like just blaring Lionel Richie, and the people next to me are just laughing. I mean, I don't care. I'm glad Same. I entertain them. Yeah. Because I'm entertaining myself. And I, I woke up Saturday, and I, mean, I couldn't talk. Like, I, I was like this. Like, and then as Saturday night came along, it started to come back a little bit more. And Sunday, I got a little worried. Oh, man, this is... Not ideal for radio. No, I was like, this is not... I sound a lot like... A friend of mine kept telling me I sound like... Um, his name's Harvey Feinstein. the guy from uh, Independence Day. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, I need to call my mother. I need to call my lawyer. David! Uh, yeah, David! David. Yeah. That's, that's oh, my God. <laughs> exactly what I We're said. We're the only idiots trying to get into the city. <laughs> a million people trying to get out. You know, tell my lawyer, tell my therapist, I'll put him on the line. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, crap. Call the cops. Call the police. <laughs> call my dog. <laughs> you do cut, yeah. There's still a little bit of that left I, I, over. I know. Yesterday, it was very spot on, and I was... 
part of me didn't want it to end. I wanted to come in sounding more like that today. <laughs> like I woke up, <laughs> I woke up today, and I said some of the dogs was like uh, I yelled, you know, I yelled to the dogs. I was like, wait a minute, that's kind of most of my, that's more of my normal voice. I was like, oh man, you're like Phoebe from Friends when she misses her sexy sick yes, voice. Yes, for trying singing. to get germs. Yeah, yes. that's that's kind of where I was. I was like. Maybe I should start yelling really loud for the next 30 minutes as long, as long as I can. And like, oh, I'm chain smoking. Except you just wanted to do it for a radio joke that would have lasted for all of like 30 seconds. Maybe two minutes tops. Yeah. It would have been funny. And then after a while, people have been like, okay, I want him to talk normally. This is getting annoying now. But still, like that's willing what you wanted. That's, that's the sacrifice I'm willing to make for my audience. For two minutes. For two minutes. Hey. I've made more sacrifices for two minutes. Trust me. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, come He's on. back, folks. We're not even five minutes into the show. <laughs> yeah. And already we've sunk to a, a low that was not present on Wednesday through Friday. Well, yeah, it kind of was. Yeah, I think, I think Sean, Sean's got some, some filth in that, ma- in that brain. He just doesn't want to let it out. As he much. does. He, he just yeah. he handles he it more. It back, yeah. He dances around it more tastefully than you or I do, yeah. especially you. And unfortunately, I did not get to listen to Friday's show. There was more of a part. Don't I didn't get a chance to listen. Also, I felt offended I was replaced by my uh, podcast. Podcast, Trevor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Danny came in. There were, I mean, there was a lot of Trevor talk on the text line. There was a lot of people who were like, this is, they're like, we've been dreaming of a Mike, Trevor, Danny episode. Like, we love the podcast. We love the radio show. Let's bring the worlds together. Danny was like, I mean, Trevor's getting like all sorts of love on the text line. Like, people just, just kept bringing you up in some way, shape, or form on Friday. But it was a fun show. I enjoyed it. And then, uh, of course, I guess it took three people to replace me on, on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Whatever yeah. It was, yeah. I was like, I can't. We, I, I can't give the people three straight hours of Mike Rutherford talking. I guess we're going to have to get some guests on the show finally for the first time in like a month. <laughs> and thankfully, uh, Kyle Tucker, Cameron Teague, and Brett Dawson were able to answer the bell and, and come on with us. Thankfully, Gary, unlike I, know how to use the phones too as well. We sh- we we have to address this. So, if you've been a long time listener to the show, which dates all the way back to August of last year, that's hey, so a long time though. Long time. Long time. You know that the phones here have not worked. Like initially, we tried to do this like a normal call-in radio show, like like the old the Ramsey and Rutherford show, where you could, if you had thoughts, you could call in. Normal in the rear view months ago, and <laughs> you know people would text in, or people would tweet me, or people would send emails saying like I'm I'm trying to call in, and it's going to different offices here. It's going to sometimes it's just dead air. Sometimes I actually get through to Trevor, and then I get hung up on what's going on. And, you know, we could get like three people in, you know, I think caller Leo could get through and he could only get through when he was in his car. He's sitting in like his neighbor's driveway only. He couldn't get through from his house. He's using the same cell phone, but he could not get through through his house. He could get through when he was in his car driving. Made no sense. And finally, we just kind of, we gave up. And I was like, we'll just use the text line. You know, callers are kind of hit hit or miss anyway. This is going to be the show from now on. I don't want to have to deal with technical difficulties every 10 minutes. And... I think it's worked out well. I've enjoyed going more text line. We've used it for the guests that we've had with mostly success. I think you did hung up, hang up on um, John Michael Hayden once. Or, yeah, I did. Actually, yeah, that, yeah, that happened. Yeah, that, was, that was okay. But, it had to do with him going to Trinity, I swear. That's fine. <laughs> but <Sucker. laughs> last week or so, I think it was last week, early last week, you just found instructions on how to use the phones for the show. Just lying around. <laughs> well, it's we've been here for almost eight months now. Now, what I'm curious is, has it been here the whole time, or was it just put up like? I have a guess. I mean, my guess is that it has been there the whole time. If I had to pick or choose one one option or the other, I would say it's probably been there the whole time. In my defense, it is like taped on the corner of our our, our soundboard, and it's kind of up in the upper right hand corner, and there's this 
to give a slight description of where we're at, uh, give the, paint a picture for the people. There's like uh, right above our soundboards, like one of those like wood table things. That was my my computer board. So it's kind of hard to see these instructions up in the upper hand corner. It's kind of they're, they're hidden. You could have put them in a better spot. You've been here for eight months. I like how some of it is in like big black bold lettering though. <laughs> I know exactly where it is. You should have seen it before before last week. I'm I just mean, saying that. You should have seen it before last week. <laughs> We've come too far now God to just start using witness. the phone. I had no idea that instruction thing was put there. We've come too far to start using the phones now. Though. Oh, yeah. So we're going to do what we're going to do. We're going to keep going. And our other, only other caller you used to get through was the one who wasn't even listening and just wanted to uh, – was the baseball player he was so excited about, uh, the, the RBI leader, Duvall? Adam Duvall. Yeah. <laughs> that was the Mr. Negative guy. Give me something positive. Adam Duvall's leading the Adam league Duvall's leading the league in RBI. <laughs> oh, hey, hey. He went for something. He, he pulled something out. He answered the call. That was uh, And he did it pretty quickly. Yeah, he did. Trevor, I didn't think that we would. So last night, I'm thinking Uh-oh. Duke Carolina is dominating everything I'm seeing. It's all over the place. I had to write about it. it like, this is, it's all America's going to be talking about for the next week. This sucks. Like, I, as a Duke ACC Tobacco Road Carolina hater, Newly, newly minted. Like uh, this is the year that I officially became kind of an ACC hater, especially the tobacco, tobacco Road. I was like, this is miserable. It's crazy though. They've never met a tournament. It is crazy. That's, that's, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Okay. And then Will Smith smacked the bleep out of Chris Rock, and I was like, well, that changes the dynamic a little bit going into the week. I mean, I don't care what your your uh, what your sport your your talk show is about. Your, your, what are you, what are you How could you not sports? bring it up? This is the top of everything. And I know if you if you're a, a radio show listener who listens throughout the day to various shows, I'm sure you've heard. You're probably sick of the the, the takes. Oh, it's gonna be here. It's not. I'm going in today, by the way. Most a lot of places are gonna keep this all week long because eventually, like, they're gonna make public comments and there's gonna be all this stuff take. back and forth and like new information is gonna come to light and it's just it's it's not going away anytime soon. You you don't like award shows. I, I yeah, I like sometimes. Yeah, I'm very I'm very. I, I did have the Oscars on last night. I was gonna ask. Were you watching? Unfortunately, not. I, I had actually just left the house for just a few minutes and came back while this occurred. Okay, so, so I did miss this part. Because you are Live. the one person in my life who, if I woke up this morning and said, is there anybody that I know who's in my phone book who I would have regular contact with who maybe is unaware that this took place last night, who would it be? <laughs> and I'm like, it's probably, like, Trevor could waltz in here at 3 o'clock and not have any idea that, like, on live television, Will Smith smacked the absolute, Bleak. you know what, yeah. out of Chris Rock. Like, you'd be the only person. So you, when did you become aware that this took place? Um, I got home in time to see kind of the very ending of the uh, Oscars, where they were giving out the, you know, obviously best picture. And as it was, the, the credits were rolling, I started getting some texts from friends with the everybody hates Chris meme. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, if you know me, don't don't send it to, to me. I've got, I've got it like on 9, 10, 12 different threads right now on my, te- on my phone. I have to... I've, everyone has seen that meme. Uh-huh. You don't need to send it. Um, so yeah, I started getting. I got that, and I remember I was just like, it was completely out of context to me. I'm like, why? Okay, yeah, yeah why what, is this happening? Well, I don't get it. I was like, I, I replied to my buddy at the exact time. I was like, I don't get it. But I actually did like that show. <laughs> and he's just so he the very next tweet was a uh, next text he got from me was a unedited version of the uh, incident from like Japan's television right, yeah. or something. Tweet, and then I watched it, and I was like, whoa, like what? the hell just ha- or didn't ha- just happened happened earlier I, to me it's just happening what what is going on so i was like you i, I didn't like i had no plans on watching the oscars at all last night yeah. just, just didn't so we I, I get done with work we put the kids to sleep 
I'm sitting down for one of my famous, newly famous 10 p.m. dinners because it's the only time that I get to eat anymore. And like right as I'm sitting down, Mary's watching on delay. She DVR'd it and she was watching from behind. And, and I'd see like I'd gotten a text from a couple of friends being like, holy bleep. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I have no idea what it's in reference to. I'm assuming it's just something dumb that's happened on the Oscars that I'm going to see shortly. It'd be a bad joke. Well, I guess technically. But yeah. yeah. But so like I'm just starting to eat. And Mary from the other room is like, oh, my God. She's like, come in here. She's like, you, you've got to see this. And I'm thinking it's going to be a classic. Like, we, you know, everybody does this in a couple where, you're, where you think something is way more important and cooler than the, your your girlfriend or, or spouse or whoever. And you show it to them. They're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. I'm thinking it's going to be one of these moments. I'm like, I'm so hungry. Virginia's finally sleeping. I finally don't have – it's 10 o'clock and there's no basketball to watch. What was your dinner? Uh, what did I eat last night? <laughs> so I get out of this. Uh, oven pizza. Uh, Ooh, okay. Yeah, California Pizza Kitchen. Oh, okay, not bad. Um, so I, if I, I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm kind of pissed off. I'm like, all right, let's 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 see what dumb thing happened on the Oscars that I don't really care about. I'm about to <laughs> fake enthusiasm What did Wanda Sykes say? <laughs> exactly. And so she starts, she prefaces it with, I think this is real. Like, I, I don't think this is fake. And I'm watching and I'm seeing it and I'm like, okay. Oh! <laughs> And when you watch it for the first time, it looks like he hits him with a right cross. It doesn't look like it's a slap. Yeah. It looks like he just like straight clocks him. Which, first of all, well, be a man, dude. Don't close your fist. I mean, I'm kind of with you. I mean, especially on the slow mo replay, it does not make him look great. Yeah, like, if you're gonna do that, at least close your fist. Dude. It's not a Philly blow that, <laughs> no, I, that no. I see. Yeah. But so, like, I, my first thought is, I'm like, damn, Chris Rock can take a punch. Yeah. And then the second thought is, it immediately becomes apparent that this is not a work. Like, no, no. When. At first, you're kind of like, oh, maybe they could have faked that slap. You know, they're actors. But then when you see him saying, keep my you know, wife's name out of your bleeping mouth, and the look on his face, you're like, okay, well, this is not a joke. Well, this is a very real thing. The way Chris Rock, you could tell, by the way, kudos to him for two days. He handled One, it well. Taking that and not even blinking. Like, Will Smith should be ashamed of that, too, that he just gave his best slap. And Will, Chris Rock, Pookie of all people, just laughed He's like, at wow, you. Like, yeah. wow. Didn't touch his face or anything. Didn't even lose composure, really. I mean, he even kept on with it, you know, but you could tell he was flustered from the, the thing. And I love Chris Rock when he's, and he goes, okay, I'll do it. And then you could tell if Chris Rock wanted to just destroy him at that point, he could have easily like just gone full barrels jokes and just destroyed Will Smith and his wife. And he kind of held back, but it's good for Chris. Yeah, it was, the whole thing was just so bizarre. And then like you're, you're watching knowing that he's probably going to win best actor and you're thinking That's the entire thing. too, because that movie was awful. I never saw it. I got like 20 minutes into it. I was like, this is crap. I turned it off. Well, that's why I wasn't watching it. I've seen like one of the movies that yeah, isn't anything It's a, it's a down year. year for Oscars this year. So I'm like, – the whole time, you're just waiting. Like, is Chris Rock going to come back out? Is he going to address this? Is he going to dance around it? And then what's going to happen when Will Smith gets up there? And like, so the whole night just becomes this awkward thing where nobody cares about anything else no. that's happening. And understandably so, I, I didn't care about anything else that was happening. And you're like, is Chris Rock going to like hop on stage and present the award or try to fight Will Smith when he comes back up there? Like, are they going, is Will Smith going to get escorted out by police? Like, is any of this going to happen? And then it, it, it kind of gets more strange when, when Will Smith wins the award, at least to me, when I was watching it live. He talks about defending his family. <laughs> I, and showing peace and love and understanding. That was the thing to me was like, you can't dude. you can't walk up on stage and smack somebody and then forty five minutes later being like I want to be a beacon of love and peace and happiness. I'm like, well, like I I get standing up for your family, but also like you you can't have it both ways. Like there's, I mean, it wasn't exactly Wilson. From what I understand, Chris Rock makes this joke. He's like, you know, the obviously if you don't know Jada Pinkman's 
gone bald. And she, Which I didn't know she had alopecia before last night. Yeah, she's gone bald. It's balding. It happens, people. And so she's gone bald. And he makes the G.I. Jane joke. From what I understand, she looked over at Will Smith and said, I'd hit that. And Will Smith misunderstood her. So. Oh, I didn't hear that at all. I saw the look on her. Oh, you're, are you making a joke? You didn't know. Because the fact is that Will Smith apparently has no problem with everyone banging his wife. But if you oh, say a joke about yeah, her, you're you. I get it. All right, thank you. Yeah, was, oh, oh. oh, come on. That was a good joke. It was better than the G.I. Jane joke. <laughs> I will Jane say. The joke wasn't even that bad either. But It was a, not a good I mean, th- that movie's like 30 years old at this I point. I mean, when he made the joke, I, ch- I chuckled a little bit. I mean, I wasn't dying laughing, but. I was just kind of like. I right. chuckled. I was like, yeah, okay. I think it probably stems more from the 2016 stuff than. Than we knew like, <laughs> where Chris Rock made fun of them, and apparently, like it was, there were hard feelings over that. The whole thing was just so strange. Just so, is it the I mean, one where, all time live TV he, moment? He mocked her for like, uh, uh, he he mocked I think him and her for for refusing to go to the Oscars or something like that. I think that's. I what saw the it clip was. where he he mocked yeah. her and he was like, "Listen, you're you're not boycotting the Oscars. No, you're not invite. You're not. It's not a boycott when no one invites you." I knew he yeah. made a wild wild west joke about well, that movie was awful. Yeah, too. That, 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 <laughs> it was something along the lines of like. You know, people should feel sorry for Will for not being nominated for this, but like they also shouldn't feel, Will, feel sorry for Will for getting twenty million dollars for Wild Wild West <laughs> or something like that. Which yeah, that, that that's fine. But I, yeah, I think it was something that he said about Jada that mess that pissed them off for the last five years. I don't know. Honestly, if I, one Will Smith should have been escorted out and shouldn't have been able to even accept the award at that point. I kind of agree with you. I would have no problem if he's banned from Oscars. Like I, I'm not saying you should have arrested him at that point, but you should have escorted him out. And if I'm the Oscars, I'm just telling him, dude, you're not, no, you're not welcome anymore. If you know, I mean, you have a better chance of seeing Roman Pulaski accepting the award than you now next to Arnesco Awards. Well, they've done that before. And, well, he got an award and wasn't accepting it. Then again, of course, I guess he could have, but that would have been a, like, <laughs> been like the, uh, was it the, the Simpsons where they offer the criminals a free boat and they, they show up? Yeah. <laughs> it was just all, I mean, all time live TV moment. There's, yeah. especially in this day and age, it feels like we've, we've, like all of the great live TV moments that we're going to have have pretty much already happened because there's so little live TV anymore. And when there is live TV, a lot of times, like the whole country isn't watching the way that we used to be. What did you get on the live version? Did you, you? I'm assuming you did not get Will screaming what he screamed. You didn't. It was you saw it, but it was like there was no audio. Yeah, because there's like a 15 second delay. Obviously, he yeah. goes like you hear Chris Rock go, "Wow, wow," and then it like kind of like the, the picture gets kind of jumbled, and then there's yeah. The picture comes back, and it's Will like you can see him like yelling at the stage, but there's no sound for a while. And then, it, but that's really, be driving me nuts. Like, what is he saying? What, what you could it was the it was the shot of him where you could very easily see. What oh, okay, he, yeah, yeah. Like read his lips and see what he was saying. So that and that was when I was like, okay, well, this is definitely not a work. It's definitely a real thing. And then pretty quickly, the the clips from Australia and from Japan and they, everywhere they, else, yeah. they get online, and you're like, okay, yeah, this is. That's what happened. This is a, a very real thing. Will Smith just smacked the bleep out of me, <laughs> which is just a, kind of a hilarious reaction. I love Chris. It's a G.I. Jane joke, it's a dude. G.I. Jane joke. Dude. <laughs> I call him dude. I love it. It's, it's 100%. I mean, how can you not be on Chris Rock's side on this? You're like, listen. It, seriously, it is. He made a G.I. Jane joke. Oh, just what a bizarre. You lost it over that? Bizarre, bizarre thing. Who was next to come slap him like Ashton Kutcher for it? I mean, making it because of Demi Moore? I mean, seriously. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Texas that I bet Trevor would have slapped Danny if he was in studio last Friday for stealing a shot. <laughs> You're right, I would have. <laughs> 
It would have been better. If this was WWE, though, if, if when, when Will was accepting the award, Chris Rock would have come up behind him and like punched him in the, in the, in the groin from behind. Thanks that I also now, like you, Mike, know more than I ever cared about Will and Jada's sex life after that slap. <laughs> I said that a few weeks ago where I was like, everything that I know about Will and Jada Smith I didn't. I, I didn't sign up for any of it. It has been forced upon me. Like I, I don't need to well, you know. Didn't know about those stuff before last night? No, I'm just saying. Like oh, everything yeah. that we have known. Like every oh, yeah, every time yeah. a new story comes out where they're you know giving us details about the, like the open relationship they've had and like what will like none of it. Nobody is is asking for this information. Like you guys no. have volunteered all of it. We don't need to know this. The only thing that came up against your all's will was the no pun intended. The the, the Jada Smith. I guess you still call it a fair with that that young actor whose name I don't even know anymore That's, because he broke the story. Like besides that, like you guys are just serving up all of this, and no, I don't think anybody cares. Like no, nobody really wants to hear this. Uh, Texas, says, I applaud Trevor's joke. Thank you. I got another one, but I'm not. I'm gonna keep it to myself. Texas said they gave Will more time for his acceptance speech than I've ever seen anyone get. That wasn't. They didn't Was like it? try to play him off or anything. They just like kind of let him go, and it did. I mean, there were elements of it that I guess I liked, but. It still felt like it felt more to me like I, like watching somebody having a breakdown than it did something inspirational. I watched a little bit of the except I, I didn't watch the full thing. I just saw a, a clip, couple of clips of it on YouTube and that, I mean not YouTube but uh, Twitter and that was it. And we're basically saying you know he's actually preaching forgiveness like what five minutes after doing that and also like while not apologizing to Chris Rock no. directly, he apologized to the Academy. Well, he's, since then I believe he's even apologized to other people who've yet to apologize to Chris Rock. He doesn't feel sorry for it. He should. I mean, one, he shouldn't have slapped him, too. It was a slap. He should apologize to everybody for not being a man. I can't. The the, the slow-mo version of it really makes it look bad. Because live, it, it looks kind of badass. Like, he just it cocks him. Like, it's it's boom. But when you watch the slow-mo version where you actually see the slap, like it's very much a, like, just not in West Philadelphia born and raised. It looks like the type of guy who got beat up by everybody on the, ball, on, on, the on the court and had to be sent west to, to Bel Air. A little bit. Yeah. Those, those jokes started flying fast and free last I night, do, I very do, quickly. I do love my man, Joey Lawler. I had to retweet last night. Dude said, just listen, guys. We did this 35 years ago. I mean, come <laughs> on. You're, you're ripping us off. Texas says, what does the Will Smith slap of Chris Rock mean for the Kenny Payne hire? <laughs> Texas says it was fake. No, it wasn't. I don't think it was fake. Absolutely not. No part of it was I, fake. The, originally, maybe. Like, because you see, because of what's been pointed out by everybody, you see Will laughing when he makes the joke. Right. And then you see Jada like and you see not Jada laughing. with that not laughing, which is no surprise. She has no sense of humor, and you kind of look over, you know, and then you don't see him look at her, but you can assume what the look he's getting. He gets. We've all gotten that look, and that's yeah. Apparently, when he had to go do it, and but yeah, it went until Chris Rock's reaction, like the way he says, "Dude, yeah." That's when I was, I was like, "There's no way." That's yeah. When I saw Will's reaction, I'm like, "He's well, that not, too." Yeah. He's not screaming that if it. And for those of you who are going there like, well, they're actors. I've watched these two for 20, 30 years. They're not that good actors. <laughs> like, I, I promise you. If you, you can't show me one thing, Will Smith or Chris Rock. And I listen, I for the most part like both. Yeah. I mean, Grant Will Smith hasn't done anything good in like 20 years, but that's not the point. Is that they're not that good they're just not that good actors. I mean, yeah, it's just there's no way. All I could think of was because I, I saw this about 30 minutes, I guess, after it happened, maybe less than that, maybe like 20, 25 minutes, and all I could think of was all the good jokes already taken. Cause I, I, I did you think I gotta go get that Rick James uh, meme? No, no, no. I thought I, I thought the Welcome to Earth. Like all I could, that's all I could think of from Independence Day, where he says Welcome to Earth. Oh, yeah. and punches the alien, which is one of the worst parts of that movie. I I like it, but also like you know these these superhuman species that are so strong. Like you're not gonna open up and just punch it and knock him out, knock that's, him unconscious. That's what I call ghost encounter. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> and like so, I was like I was like I guarantee somebody's already. And sure enough, like I Google search, Twitter search Welcome to Earth, and like. 
50 people have already made the clip where he punt, he slaps Chris Rock. I actually have seen says, that one. Welcome to Earth. I'm like, there it is. Like, I, I, I knew it. It was all, everything was going to be taken at that point. I don't think I've actually seen that one amazingly mature. Yeah. <laughs> Texas says Will Smith and the Jawan Howard biopic in 15 years will be great. They, that, lo- they look and slap alike. I don't remember who tweeted it, but that was somebody had the tweet that I loved where he goes, Chris Rock called timeout. Yeah, he's like, yes, Chris <laughs> yeah. Rock gets for calling timeout. Yes. <laughs> I, I saw that one. I don't know who right. It was a national writer who did it, but I, and I'm sorry if I can't remember who you are, but not that you care. But props to you because that, that made me laugh out loud last night when I read it. Someone has sent in a, uh, a gif of, of Will Smith you know, yelling what he's yelling from his seat, but the. The text says, Kenny Payne won those games. <laughs> <laughs> so bleep Cal. <laughs> well done. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. Chris Rock says, or Texter says, Chris Rock made uh, the Joker Jada at the 2016 Oscars. This has some mystery, too. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah. Uh, Texter says, Trevor says, Will Smith hasn't done anything good in 20 years the night after he wins Best Actor in a movie that was nominated for Best Picture. Well, Trevor didn't like it. Movie sucked. So that's so there it is. Yeah. Trevor didn't like it. It sucked. He's terrible. That's Trevor. I mean, I'm not saying Will Smith isn't good. I mean, he has that good stuff. But I mean, really, seriously, just I mean, just because he, listen, you, just because someone wins an award for something doesn't mean it's actually they're good at it. Let's look at the Grammys and Millie Vanilli. I think I think Will Smith's a good actor. I well, he's not bad. I don't mind him. I, I just... haven't liked a ton of his movies in recent years. Uh, even like the ones where he's been like, I think he's done a good job. Like I haven't I haven't seen this movie. I, I do want to watch it. It's yeah, yeah. but like he got a lot of acclaim for the way that he played Muhammad Ali in Ali, and I thought he did a great job. And I didn't think the movie was that great. And that was twenty one years ago. Was it that long? No, it wasn't that long. Yeah, it was like two thousand one. No, that came out like oh one. Are you sure? Yeah, it's probably the last good movie he's really done. Since then, he's done like, uh, well, he did Hitch. Hitch was okay. Hitch was good. Hitch I was like okay. Hitch, but, that, you know, but it is what it is. And that was like 2005. And I guess after that, he's done like a couple Men in Blacks. He's done, right. He's done like Aladdin. He's done, uh, I mean, I guess you, some people might like The Pursuit of Happiness. I did not like but it. But I don't even think that came out. And I thought that movie kind of sucked too as well. It was horribly depressing yeah, for like 98% of it. It was really just boring. Um, I'm trying to think what else. He's done a bunch of sequels since then. Uh, really, get nothing. I mean, nothing of really good substance. Mostly just paychecks. He's a producer on Karate Kid too. Yeah, he did Karate Kid with his kid Cobra I mean, Kai. I mean, he just yeah, it's mostly been paycheck stuff for the last twenty. He's pretty much been mailed it in. He kind of has. I'm looking at the IMDb page. Yeah, like, it's mo- he's mostly just doing producing stuff. I mean, he's done a lot of. I mean, yeah, I Robot was okay. Yeah, I mean, I didn't mind it. I know. I think for the most part, well, I feel like the the people who are I don't want to say nerds, but who like were into that did not like it. Like another example, Hancock. Like I didn't hate Hancock. I didn't like Hancock. But a lot of comic book kids, people I know, were like that sucked. It was horrible. What so. was the other one where he's like the last guy on earth? Um, oh, that I didn't like that movie either. The, it was okay. The it wasn't robot movie. It was um, Legend. I am Legend. I am Legend. Thank he you. He likes has the word I in his titles, doesn't he? Well, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, there's not. I mean, Seven Pounds was pretty good. I like nah, that. Movie. I, didn't, yeah. I liked it. It's it's a downhill. Look at the nineties though. You know, you're right. Yeah, I sure. mean it started kind of, Ali might have been like the last like the, the end of it in a one for me. And Texas says don't listen to Trevor. King Richard is a very good movie. No. I'm gonna watch it. You can watch it. I mean, go ahead. You might I do like want to see it. Yeah. Texas says Smith laughed at the joke. Jada was upset in in the same shot. Why did he then lose his ish? Did she say something to him? I told you what she said to him. You did. <laughs> Texas says zero chance that Trevor got world right, correct. Uh, I need to do it. He hasn't I done it yet. Done, yeah. He's going to start. Today was tough. I got it in five, but it was, I can see why so many people struggle. What day was it? Yesterday I, was. Was it Fridays or Saturdays? I, I even texted you that morning. Saturdays was, that was the one of the rare, rare ones where I'm like, is that a word? I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't cheat. I got it on the last one, 
But I mean, it was one of those things where I mean, I had been sitting there just doing combinations of letters for thirty minutes, same, same, and and the entire time, not any clue what word I'm looking for, just trying because I knew all the vowels, I kind of knew where they were. I only had three letters in the right spots. I just had to figure out what uh, it was. Yeah, it but was somehow I got it. Both this weekend were I was like, eh, this is kind of annoying. Uh, Texas, I am Legend was great until the ending. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I'm not going. I'm listening. You're not going to get me supporting any any movie where the dog dies. Texture says, how'd you like him in foot penis? <laughs> Great text right there. Is it a reference to hand? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think it's an hand into the hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's good though. Text <laughs> says, bad boys too is bleeping awesome. Y'all are crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You can like, a I sequel, love but bad boys on. too. I mean, I mean, I love bad boys. T O O. Like <laughs> I, I love the very first one. Yeah, the first one's funny. I did not like this. Like, I haven't seen the, the third one. I won't watch the third one. That's another. Yeah. So that's, he's done like what? Three sequel movies. He did men in black three since then. Also. I mean, paychecks big. Got to get you paid. Hey, somebody's got to support those kids. Uh, record deals. Text that want to watch Dune. Do you all know if you can start with this current movie or need to ramp up with prior movie shows of it? Well, I wouldn't watch David Lynch's version. I'll tell you that much. I've heard good things about Dune, but uh, I haven't seen. I've it. heard good things about the new, yeah, this new Dune. The only one that I watched, the only movie that I watched was that was nominated for anything. I think was that Don't Look Up on Netflix. Yeah, I, I and was, it was fine. But I, I was like, if this wins Best Picture, I, I may never watch Oscars again. It, the only one I've seen, I've, like I said, I tried to start the King Richards movie, but couldn't get through it, which is a lot because I almost finished any movie. Um, but the Don't Look Up, I wanted to watch, but I. I mean, your review and everyone else has been very similar, and I'm kind of like it's maybe not kind of want to start it really. The don't look up. Yeah, it's it has its moments. It I mean, like I think the, the not one person has gone. You need to watch it. I mean, the first hour I thought it was great. Like I think I, I thought I was going to recommend. Like Jonah Hill was hilarious. Then they just, I mean, they beat you over the head with a metaphor. Like like we get it. At, at some point you're like. Phew. Okay, we get it. Um, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get to actual sports. Women are playing in this in the Elite Eight tonight. We've got all sorts of roster news with the men's basketball team. And then we've got a Blue Blood Final Four to talk about on the men's side. We'll get to all that good stuff and more of your texts coming up after the break here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. happening with the music today. Trevor, you're Make way too into this. Control. What's happening right now? You don't know this song? No, not really. Oh, I like the song when I was young. It's Eric Carmen. I, I, I didn't know Eric Carmen did anything besides Hungry uh, Eyes. Hungry Eyes. Yeah. No, apparently he did. And he did the song. My goodness. Up the better, the greatest hits album. Welcome back in the Mike Rutherford show here on 1450 and 96 the Big X. Before we get into uh, some Louisville basketball stuff, I wanted to say, I don't know if you saw this, Trevor. Sad news from over the weekend. Uh, Sadat Akton, a.k.a. the handstand man from the old days at Freedom Hall, who used to get up there and entertain the crowd with the handstands. They brought him out to, to, um, 
to do the handstands with cheerleaders sometimes on the actual court. I watched him do it at Trinity Games over the years. Uh, passed away at the age of, of 77 on, I believe it was Saturday. Sad news there. It is. He, uh, he actually, speaking of Danny, who was in here on Friday co-hosting the show, he used to sit directly in front of Danny at home games. So when I would go to games with Dan growing up, Sadat was always right there, and he was always interacting with us always and he was so nice just anybody who ever met him said the same stuff he was very very nice but very into the games and there was one year this was probably like 07 08 and it was a big game i feel like it was like a big monday game against yukon i think we lost handily and sadat was on the floor doing the handstand thing and when he left the floor he started just ripping the ref a new a-hole like, like he's just like going after nice. him. I like that. the ref is like trying to throw him out of the game they're like, like get him out of here like no, you can't do that and he comes and sits down right in front of us and I was, we were like well, what'd you say and he's like i just told him to wake the bleep up <laughs> and i was like well well done i think you were right to do so but was sad to hear that he passed away i guess if, if there's any consolation it's the news his wife had passed away just a month prior and I, I'm sure that was just so, so difficult for somebody uh, who'd been with his wife for as long as they had been together. So at least they can uh, be back together. But it was sad to hear that news over the weekend. Very sad. Um, he was yeah. one of the personalities that made Freedom Hall so special. Oh, yeah. I think – didn't they one time ask him – they had told me he couldn't do it on the railing anymore. They told point. him he couldn't do it on the railing. Which I guess is understandable because, I mean, you're Freedom Hall. You're like, hey, this is great, but if he slips in any way, we're, we're in trouble. And he – and I think that – that kind of hurt his feelings. I, I, I know, imagine it did. I, I know mean. he went to them and offered. You know, he said, I'll, "I'll sign anything you want me to sign to say." Mm-hmm. And you know, they're like, "We, you know, we, we appreciate that, but we can't." And there was like, you know, he was like, "Can we? Can I put up a net or something like any anything <laughs> to, to let me still be able?" Oh, to Oh, that do was this. one of my favorite things. When I mean, I remember like still going to come like, one of my first games and seeing him do that. And, like, it was incredible. This is awesome. Like this. Is, I mean, that's kind of a legend. I didn't and later on. I went until much later on. That I learned he had the Trinity connections. Yeah, because being a Wagner guy, I didn't I did not know that, but. Yeah, I mean, he was always the handstand guy. I mean, that was when I saw you post that. I, that was very yeah. I, I, was, I was sad to hear that. He was the coolest. Uh, Texas, Texas says bumper music is killing me. Uh, Texas, oh, are, don't be hating on TK Fave Monday. Is this what it is? Just, just some faves just, of TK. Yeah, just TK faves. Yeah. Uh, Texas, are y'all going to talk about Louisville's recent response to the NCAA recruiting violations following University of Kansas lead? What are your thoughts on the representation of Mike Glazier versus Chuck Smirt? Did I miss something? Uh, well, we we did over the weekend. It kind of got lost in the shuffle of, of March Madness because as I think it was right after uh, St. Peter's had upset Purdue on Friday night. Yeah. Tim Sullivan releases that Louisville has responded to the NCAA's notice of allegations. Oh, I did miss that. Yeah. We are, I mean, quick summary here because that's there's nothing really significant in Louisville's response outside of the fact that we are contesting all seven of the violations that have been levied against us. The one level one violation, six level two violations. And again, if you're looking for a comparison, say Kansas has five level one violations against them. Hmm. Memphis, which we've just found out I uh, didn't see this, on Thursday, yes. I think it was. No, it was like, this was like Saturday. I was, think. It that, was it that late? I get yeah. I lose track of everything with the, the weekends in the tournament. They have, they're, they're facing at least, according to the Memphis Commercial Appeal, four level one violations <laughs> because Memphis is not making their documents public. So they've had to sort of do some some research there mm. and reporting and they have reported that penny hardaway is is facing he's in, six he's, total violations at least four level two and at least two two level, level two, two. One, two level one 
No, no, two level two, four level one. Oh, is that what it was? Okay, my yeah. bad. It's a big deal because apparently, it's a big deal. Apparently, not only did Memphis, you know, give middle finger to the NCAA and play James Wiseman when he had been declared ineligible by the NCAA, Those three games. They also destroyed evidence that the NCAA was asking for uh, and then withheld it. Uh, the, the, the items that they did have. So Memphis probably in a world of hurt right now. But not saying Louisville's not going to be. But if you're looking for reasons why maybe we don't get a multi-year postseason ban, or maybe, just maybe, we we get away with not getting a postseason ban, look at the comparisons between what we're facing and what LSU, Kansas, and now Memphis have been facing. I'm confused. I thought we couldn't appeal because we were using the AARP. We're not appealing. This is a response. This is how the process works. They give you the notice of allegations. Yeah. This is what we found. This is what we're alleging that you did. Okay. You respond, and you either agree, like, hey, we've done our own research, we well, you do this like like I know, I'm just laughing because who's going to agree? I'm like, you're right, you got us. Well, we did last okay. time with yeah. some of the violations. True, I guess we fought the major ones, but we said we can't contest this. We found the exact same thing. We agree, and we're doing now what Kansas has been doing and what North Carolina famously did uh, several years ago in saying we're fighting everything. We don't. We're not. There is not one fact that you're alleging right now that we're willing to say. Yes, we agree. We're not arguing against it. We're fighting everything tooth and nail. You want us? Come get us. Federal court said Adidas defrauded I mean, us. That's our story. We're sticking to it. I mean, isn't that isn't that like appealing, basically? I mean, no. I mean, I thought the point of using the ARP is that the, the judgment was final. You appeal punishments. The NCA has not leveled any punishments oh, against so, us. So we we can appeal the accusations. It's not the punishment. Well, yeah, that this is how the law works. Like you no. get accused of something, you come back and offer up a defense, or you say this is what we did. You got us. We agree. But here's why we shouldn't be punished as severely. The NCA will come back and say, we're either agreeing with you on this, this, and this, or we're disagreeing with against everything, and we're saying you absolutely did do this, and here's the punishment that we're laying yeah, I understand, but, but what's confusing me, and this shouldn't be I mean, what doesn't confuse me, but in this case, this, is that I thought we were going through that, the, the IRP. Yeah. We are. And part of doing that was that, like, we're gonna they're they're, they're going to give a judgment and it's final. There's no like back and forth nine months appeals. And they, they're going arguments. to give a punishment and the punishment is final. Their final ruling will be the final when all said and done. Okay. But you get an opportunity to defend yourself. You just don't get an appeals process. This is like in, in a court of law when the jury comes back and says guilty. You don't get an appeal though, mm-hmm. like because yeah. every every case that winds up having an initial ruling from the judge or from a, a jury or whatever, you have the opportunity to appeal it. Yeah. We're not going to have a chance to, to appeal our final verdict. We do, These are just, this is the back and forth. These are the proceedings. This is the standard this is us, process. Just, this is us just telling you, you're full, us telling you you're full bleep for what you're accusing us of. Right. And here's what we found. Here's our defense. Here's what you need to take into consideration before you offer up your final ruling. Was this, was this defense sent to the NCAA or the AARP? It's the same. Okay. It's the same. So Louisville now will have our hearing in front of the IRP. In, I keep saying that. It's okay. It's a, it's a standard mistake. I'm going to call you, call you Herschel Walker. They're going to have their hearing, and then we'll get our final ruling from the IRP, probably if the timeline follows what we saw with NC State in October. And then at that point, what's done is done. Like, all finished. There's no appeal. If they say – Eight-year postseason ban, we're serving an eight-year postseason ban. If they say probation and nothing else, done. We're good. Like, that's that's it. No, okay. Text that I need more Trevor Law School slash legal tanks. <laughs> that was – it was talked about while you were gone, the notion that you thought law school was just one one big class. One long class. I mean, it's just law. 
eight to five law Monday. I mean, there's not many, there's not like, like sub, sub, you know, subside English classes. There's English, right? I mean, well, yeah, but there's not a school that's like just where you just learn English. <laughs> there should be. Texas says trying, trying to explain to Trevor how the IRP process works. And then he continues to call it the AARP. <laughs> Feels like an uphill battle for Mike. What doesn't? It's, hey, it's true. Um, I don't even know where to go from there. But that happened over the weekend. That did definitely get lost because, I mean, how did – when you – I think that just tells me kind of the, the lack of significance that really does that that got lost so easily in the, in the news cycle. Well, it had been For like – For Louisville fans, especially on a weekend where, I mean, I, obviously I saw the, the transfer portal news and all that and the decommitments, yeah. and I'm sure we'll get into all that. I mean, that, that obviously did not get lost in my news feeds, but, you know. I didn't see it until, I mean, probably like an hour and a half after the Sullivan story broke because – St. Peter's beats Purdue. Purdue, yeah. I've, I have to write up an immediate thing. Like, I'm just focused on that. And I'm, I'm trying to check, make sure that there's not, like, a, a big quote coming out from a St. Peter's player or a Purdue player that I haven't missed. Like, I'm just, I'm fully in, invested in that. I get done with that. I start looking at the other basketball stuff. And that's the first time that I even see that this has happened. And you're right. Like, it, was, it wasn't like Louisville fans were just foaming at the mouth over, yeah. over this. Like, they, they, they weren't going nuts. It was just kind of like, oh, that happened. That's that's out there. Oh well, let's move on. I, mean, see I, here. I think the general Louisville. I think was Tim He's like he's like a break. He's like I'm going to trend now. <laughs> I, I mean, I think the general Louisville fan response was just kind of like good. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. After what we went through last time, don't admit anything. Like fight them tooth and nail on every that's single true. point, and which is what we've all been just asking Louisville to do. For, at basically, which is what we want them to do, and it's what Kansas has been doing. Hmm. Can't, I mean, it, what if, everybody should do. If we're going to follow the Kansas strategy, then let's follow it. You know, by the law. I mean, we started off the, the the very first line in our response is this: this case arose out of a conspiracy to defraud the University of Louisville, which is like Wait, say it again. This case arose out of a conspiracy to defraud the University of Louisville. I love it. I'm accusing it of conspiracy against Louisville. Well, do you know why you would do that? <laughs> because a federal court found that the that Adidas defrauded the University of Louisville. I, just, I don't care. I still find it funny. <laughs> You can find it whatever you want, but like if a if a if the largest court that we have out there outside of the Supreme Court, the the, the second district in New York comes forward and says Adidas defrauded U of L, defrauded Kansas, and it goes to trial, and they say, yeah, Louisville was the victim. Louisville was defrauded. You have to if there's a if there's any sort of harm, if there's a if it's torts case, you have to have a victim. Louisville's the victim. Bam, those guys are good. Hell yeah, you use that in your defense with the with the NCAA. I have no problem using it. it does anybody in the, in the court of public opinion buy it? No. Is it the dumbest thing ever? Of course it's the dumbest thing ever. But it's a valid defense. Hell yeah, man. If you're going to say, look, a federal court said these dudes defrauded us. We're a victim. <laughs> Absolutely you're like using they, that. They, they, they didn't entwine the word conspiracy until like the, everyone's out to get us. Well, <laughs> that's what those people were accused of. Conspiracy. I mean, uh, of course, of course, you deny. I mean, if you're a little, you deny everything. I mean, if I was Will Smith, I'd deny smacking Chris Rock. I mean, just deny, deny, deny. Well, if, if Will Smith was dealing with the NCA, then yeah. I mean, I'm funny if he was smoking about it. I didn't slap him. What are you talking about? Well, I was just sitting there eating, eating some popcorn. Do you think it's? And we don't have time to That's do it right me. now. <laughs> we'll get into the full Final Four stuff here in, in the next hour, but it's so strange to me that of the storylines that we're going to be dealing with this week. Kansas being right in the crosshairs of all the NCAA stuff, Bill Self potentially staring down a multi-year show cause penalty. Yeah. Like it's 
it's not going to be talked about at all. Kind of reminds you of North Carolina a few years ago when they went when, when they were meeting Gonzaga and and, and so forth. And, and nobody, yeah, nobody was bringing up. Nobody's bringing up the fact. Hey, they've been back to back Final Fours. Look at Roy Williams. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, what's the likelihood that anybody? Like Jim Nance isn't going to bring it up. Jim Nance absolutely is not going to make any sort of mention of it. It's going to be all Carolina Duke. It's going to be all Blue Blood Final Four. Mm-hmm. Villanova's been so successful. The Justin Moore injury. I mean, Kansas I- chasing the national title. Like They're not going to bring this up one time. And it probably should because the other big storyline from a, a Kansas standpoint from over the weekend was they moved ahead of Kentucky on the all-time wins oh, list. Oh, they haven't stopped from mentioning that. They, I mean, they, yeah, they changed their Twitter bio. UK had to change its Twitter bio. And the fact of the matter is there's like a 95% chance, I would say, that they're not going to be the winningest program in the history of college basketball whenever the NCAA or the IRP dishes out its punishment yeah. because they knowingly played a player who was ineligible. Everything that we know now says – there was a bidding war for Silvio De Sosa. Kansas knew about it. Kansas was an active participant in it. And they played him during those games when they went to the 2018 Final Four. They're going to have to take down that banner. They're going to have to vacate games from that year and the next season when he was playing. Like, that's... Or 2019, I think it was. What year did they beat Duke? No, 2018. Grayson Allen had the shot lip out, and then 2019 was the Zion team that lost to Michigan State. They're going to have to lose those games, and they're going to be solidly behind Kentucky whenever that happens. But for this weekend, all that's going to be talked about is they moved past Kentucky as the winningest program in the history of college basketball. Like this won't get, this won't be a blurb on anybody's radar. But if Louisville was playing in the Final Four, oh my God! I mean, I've watched the I've watched, sanctity of the sport would be in question, Trevor. <laughs> I don't know because it's a damn conspiracy. I tell you what, uh, they're all got to get us. I haven't watched every second of the Kansas this games in this tournament. I did watch pretty much all of the Miami game and, and, and large chunks of their games, but. I've not heard one person mention in subway sanctions involving them at one time during this entire tournament broadcast. And you won't. I mean, I'll be honest with you, though. I had not heard. the. And it made me mad when I was watching the St. Peter's game. And it was early in the game. And I realized this is the first I've heard that their guard is Bruce Lee's, uh, is, uh, Lee's son. From Marquette's Yeah. I was like, yeah. how did no one mention this to me in three rounds? I know. It, it, I, he... I was surprised it wasn't talked about earlier because I knew it You're, from just the doing the conference tournament preview stuff. I, I did. I was like, this should have been talked about. Like, I mean, great. Okay, I'll, I'll give you this. I did not watch a lot. I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of the Purdue uh, game. I was listening to a lot of radio. It was not brought up, and yeah. I know it wasn't brought up during the UK game. And I, I watched a lot of that Murray State game too, and it wasn't brought up. How do you not mention the guy's dad is the former MVP? I know. And sudden, I mean, I know Butchley. Of course, I know Butchley is. I mean, right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. I Stuff mean, from right when, before you were born. Trevor knows everything about when, it. When I see that and they bring up the graphic, I'm like, that is crazy. What's crazier is it's the Elite Eight, and I'm just now learning this. Yeah. It'd be like it, – it also is weird, the the timeline of former players who have kids now playing in the NCAA tournament. Like you got older, yeah. I mean, he's from 1977. Yeah. And then you had Jameer Nelson and Jameer Nelson Jr. at the beginning of the tournament. Like, I mean, we have Jalen Withers on our team. Curtis Withers graduated from Charlotte in 2008. That's 31 years after Marquette won the 1977 I, I, I national might, title. I might have not have been shocked if they said it was his grandkid. Uh, same. I mean, he was, yeah, he was seven. Say and look, Dewan Milt Wagner. I yeah. mean, Milt Wagner is DJ Wagner's grandfather. And he, and he graduated and he played in the nine 80s. years later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, it was, when they said that, I was kind of, I did sort of do it. Like, my first reaction was, that's cool. I can't believe we haven't heard that. And then I kind of started doing the math in my head. I'm like, <laughs> well, he's a little bit up there, but okay. Props to Butch Lee, man. Hey, man. <laughs> got to, got to keep that lead in the pencil. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, boy. Scoring 30 years later. All right, buddy. Got that Jim Beheim. <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah, man. man. Making plays. <laughs> who, was the, uh, who was the talk show host? Didn't uh, Larry um, King have a bunch of kids when he was like 70? Probably would surprise me. Letterman, too. Yeah. yeah. Famous people just, you know. Stronger work. Power to you. What are you gonna do? Um, let's take a break. We don't. <laughs> we don't have any time left for this. What do we? Let's do. When we come back, second hour. How to segue to something from that? No, no, no. We, we, when we come back, I, I want to talk about the roster changes on the men's basketball Ooh, front yeah. because I mean, there's been so much talk about who's going to stay, who's going to go, what recruits could possibly come in, what recruits are going to stick with us, and we've gotten some of those answers from over the weekend. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll also touch on. I mean, we haven't really talked about the women's team playing Michigan tonight for a spot in the Final Four. We'll get into all that good stuff and take more of your texts as well at 502-414-1450. But before we go to break, reminding you guys. If you have not gotten one of your Big X golf sports or golf cards, now is the time to act. We are running out. If you want to play five of the best courses in Southern Indiana for under twenty-five bucks around, that includes cart, includes a, a basket of range balls. Go to BigXSportsRadio.com. Click on the tab that says Big X Golf Cards, or you can call 812-725-1457. That's 812-725-1457. You can play Chariot Run, Old Capital, Elk Run, Valley View, Christmas Lake. All of those five courses for under 25 bucks a round if you pick up this Big X golf cards for the 2022 summer. Act now. Again, supply limited, and we are running low. Make a move now. We'll be right back here with more of the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Back in hour number two of the Mike Rutherford show here on a Monday. Trevor, have you seen the latest in the history of Nick Castellanos hitting inappropriate base hits slash home runs? Say what? So Nick Castellanos, your your idol, my idol, love, love him. him, yeah. But famous for two things: one, being a, a fantastic baseball player; two, seeming to have big hits at very inappropriate times, most notably when Tom Brenneman is apologizing for. Uh, getting caught on a hot mic using uh, a homophobic slur. I remember that. Yeah. While that happened, you know, it's become a, the, one of the biggest memes on the internet. There's a deep drive to left center, Castellanos, like that That happened. And then I think a year later, I think this was last season, they're talking about a, uh, they're honoring a, the death of a former broadcaster during a Pirates broadcast. And in the middle of that spiel, where they're talking about this guy, you know, always loved and all this stuff. Castellanos hits another home run that they have to talk about. So it becomes this thing where anything, anytime anything terrible happens, everybody assumes that Castellanos is about to hit a home run. I mean, maybe wait until he's like not up to bat. I mean, well, you know, it's baseball. Like they, they, they you know, you talk about stuff during the play. You, you have, you know, with Brenneman, it was he was had just come back from there. He had to do it, and it just so happened that the first pitch Castellanos sees, he drills for a, a two-run homer. Um, Yesterday, during the uh, a spring training game, 
the Blue Jays, they're talking about – it's a Blue Jays-Phillies game. Okay. They're talking about how one of the Blue Jays coaches had been arrested for DUI. Paul Walker, yeah. I saw and that. And they're talking about the apology. And as it's happening, Castellanos gets his first hit as a Philly to right field. And so last night, when the Will Smith-Chris Rock stuff is happening, everybody is saying, oh, they're making the same joke. I'm assuming Nick Castellanos just hit a home run somewhere, oh, just hit a home run somewhere. Yeah. Today, this morning, they did not play a game last night while the Oscars were going on. But today, during spring training, his first at bat, Nick Castellanos hits a home run. He's it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It, it's all. It's so wonderful. It's my favorite like weird running thing that happens in, in sports. Castellanos just ill-timed home runs, ill-timed hits. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, let's talk about the Louisville men's basketball roster over the weekend. I mean, ever since Kenny Payne got the job officially a couple of weeks ago, the topic has immediately shifted to what are you hearing about the staff? What are you hearing about the roster? Who's going to stay? Who's going to go? What transfers are out there? What recruits can we possibly get in? We now know bits and pieces of several parts of this. The first major thing that I think we all kind of assumed was going to happen, but we got official word on, I think, Friday, Louisville has reached out to Sky Clark, the former UK commit, five-star point guard prospect from the 2022 class. He's, you know, wherever he goes, he's going to play for them next season. This is not like DJ Wagner and these 2023 players where you're waiting a whole year to get them on campus. If you get Sky Clark, he comes in and he probably depending on who else you, you bring in, is going to start at point guard for you next year. We assumed Kenny Payne, because he has a relationship with Sky Clark, would get involved. We now got the official confirmation from a number of sources on Friday. So that's that's one thing that happened. Two, as far as the, the roster is concerned, Louisville had three players in the 2022 class um, signed. Well, I guess they had two signed, one committed. Kamari Lands, the highest rated, easily the highest rated, is just committed. I don't think he's actually signed a national letter of intent just yet. But the two who had signed, Deontay Davis, Dre Davis' little brother, mm-hmm. and Frederick King, over the last 24 hours, they both now have asked out of their national letter of intent so they can go ahead and look at other schools. That's... No I th- concerning? I don't think so. I, I mean... King is an intriguing prospect. He's a Bahamas big man out of the NBA Academy. Nobody really knows a whole lot about him. I think the film on him seems promising. He certainly was a project. And you thought maybe with Kenny Payne's work as a, you know, the big man whisperer, works with centers, makes them a whole lot better, he would see the film on King that's out there. There's not a whole lot of it. And maybe think, hey, he's got great length, great size. I can make this guy into something. Apparently that's not the case. And we don't know – I'll be perfectly honest. I, I have no insight because that's a question on the text line. Are we parting ways with these guys or are, or are they choosing on their own to go somewhere else? I can't tell you definitively. Mm-hmm. My guess is it's probably more on our end than their end, but I who knows? At least with King. I, I think that it's probably like, hey, you know, we've got a lot of big guys on the roster. Coach wants to bring some of his own in. Maybe it'd be better for you to find a new home. The Deontay Davis thing surprised me a little bit just because I felt like Dre Davis might be one of those culture guys that you want to keep around. And Deontay, like, I, I think Tay Davis is going to be good in college. I know his ratings aren't where you expect Kenny Payne to start getting players. Like, I think he's like 120-something in the 247 sports top 150 for this class. But just seeing what I've seen from him coming out of Indy, I think he's going to be a, a good college player. But he announced on Saturday, Sunday I should say, that he's opening up his recruitment once out of his national letter of intent. Interestingly, Dre has not said anything. He, I think he made like a little 
post just acknowledging his brother's decision and using emojis and say like clapping like you know yeah. it, the the 2022 way of communicating going to the same place i mean you know what i mean not, they don't have to yeah, be it's not like it'll be the first or last time we've seen brothers at different schools if i had to guess though my guess is this means dre is probably out the door as well and didn't the capels one go to duke and one go to north carolina or something yeah i mean so it happens yeah, i mean happens. the you know the house of brothers initially went to the same school then one went to michigan state one went to virginia yeah, it, it happens sometimes yeah. but with Tay committing to Louisville while Dre was there, my assumption was, you know, they, they, they want to play together. And there's a lot of buzz that Purdue is putting up some NIL money to try and get both of them to make this happen. And maybe Louisville just doesn't want to fight that battle. Maybe they don't think it's worth it. But we'll see. Dre has spoken publicly about – he's one of the few Louisville players who has spoken publicly about you know, meeting Kenny Payne, talking to him. And last week when he was asked about it, he said, you know, love what I heard from Kenny Payne. Love what I, I know about him. He sounds like a player's coach. But then he ended all of his comments with, like, I've, I've still got a decision to make. He was not saying, didn't come out and say, I want to be here at Louisville or I'm going to be here at Louisville. He said, I've got a decision to make. If I you know, read between the lines, I'm assuming that both Dre and Tay are going to be going somewhere else. Although Deontay Davis said in his statement, like, I'm still 100% open to the possibility of coming back to Louisville, which kind of leads me to believe that maybe Kenny Payne just hasn't reached out to him. I'm thinking that with the fact that of the three recruits, and the, the Arizona Landis is that right? Lands. Land, Lands. I don't want to call him Landis. Lands. I mean, he's he's still locked in, right? He has said he wants to come to and, and he is a decent and by in the eyes of the uh, top fifty process. Top fifty process. In the eyes of the rest of the world, he's considered. Like you said, the other two, two kind of projects. And I wouldn't be surprised that you know. It, listen, they can say that it's my you know the player making it's my decision. To open up. I, I'm I'm kind of leaning with you. I'm I wouldn't be more surprised if this was Kenny Payne saying, "Listen, I'm not saying you can't end up here, right? But you might want to look somewhere else right now." Yeah, I'm not sure if he hasn't reached out to them at all, and they're just saying, like, you know, is this going to happen? In the meantime, I've got to go ahead and make sure that my possibilities are open. Because I mean, you know, if, if you're Deontay Davis, you don't have all that long now. I mean, summer sessions are going to start. People are going to want you enrolled in late May, early June to start, you know, with these summer practices and, and starting school. You got to make this decision in the next three, four weeks. So plus, you're not a big recruit. I mean, you're basically he's big enough though that I mean, if you're a top 150 kid, I'm not saying for like power five leagues, but, yeah. But he wants to know who's got a roster spot for him at this point, and because you know a lot of teams they've filled up with their 2022 players, and a lot of teams are also going to start loading up on transfers right now. So you need to if you think there's a chance that you could be available, even if you want to go to Louisville, but you're not 100% sure that they want you to stick around, you got to open yourself up right now. You've got to let people know and. I'm available. If you got a spot for me, would love to come play. And I do think there's validity to the the Purdue rumors going after both those guys, um, because Purdue's going to have several open roster spots for next mm-hmm. season. So that was interesting for sure. The maybe the the biggest piece of news from over the weekend, and not because it was wildly unexpected, but Samuel Williamson coming out and officially entering the NCAA transfer portal. I don't think he's put out a statement on his own, but it's been I mean, that was least unsurprising, I guess. So I mean, and he's a, he's a guy like I think that before they fired Tim Jankovic a couple of weeks ago, I think Sam probably would have been headed to SMU. He might still be. I think it seems more likely than not that he's going to wind up going to a school closer back to his home in Rockwall, Texas. I think one of the Texas, I mean, hell, there's like 17 D1 t- schools in Texas. Yeah, that, and I think most of them have reached out to him. I know you A&M. A rock near Rockwell and not find one, exa- right? Yeah, exactly. I know A&M's reached out. I know uh, Texas Tech's reached out. I know TCU's reached out. And I know SMU had reached out before Jankovic got fired. 
So, I mean, he'll find a, a good landing spot. And he'll, he has two years of eligibility remaining if he wants to use the extra That's year crazy. from the NCAA. Well, yeah, it does seem weird. But he's been here for a decade. two years of eligibility. He is. And we went over, I think it was one of the shows where you were here last week. We went over the, the highest rated recruits in the history of Louisville basketball. It actually, may, it may have been the day that I was by myself. And I was going to say, yeah, I don't remember Miz. I, mean, I don't forget that one. But. According to 24-7 Sports, he is, at least in the recruiting ranking era, which dates back to 2000, mm. fourth highest rated recruit to ever sign with Louisville. How is that possible? I went down the list. Like, it's unreal, like, the names that, like, just did not pan out. Like, I mean, you have to get to, like, 13, 14, 15, where it's Donovan Mitchell, Terry Rozier, and Peyton Siva before you have guys that actually had success in college. The four that were – the three that have been ahead of him would have been, I'm assuming, Samuels. Samardo was uh, was number one. Samuels would have been ahead of him. Um, was Siva ahead of him, maybe? No, Siva was 15. I mean, I just think McDonald's. McDonald's they were both all Americans while singing it. Um, we'll play this game again. Who is this? Who has been ahead of them? You want to talk about more more infamous, both infamous players? Carlos Hurt. No. Okay. Carlos Hurt. This that, that he predates, unfortunately, oh, the okay. recruiting yeah, yeah. ranking era. Yeah, two thousand. He was like an idea. What? Uh, who are the other two? Sebastian Telfair, number two. Oh, good lord. Yeah. And number three, Brian Bowen. <laughs> I told you, I, we did this on air, and I mean, like, I was reading this on Just air. Curiosity. Who was five? Do you want to do this now? Yeah, because I'm thinking I'm that, Amir Johnson. Because right now I'm thinking, is there anyone in the country as the five worst top recruits ever in school history? I'll read you the top ten real quickly. And there might ap- not be. Apologies to people who are listening on Wednesday, and this is repeating. Yeah, yeah. Samaro Samuel's number one. He was the number four overall player, and these these are according to uh, to twenty four seven sports. And you got, and if you're just listening, it starts in two thousand. Starts in two thousand. Yeah. Samuels was the number four overall player in his class. He's number one. Yeah, I figured that. Sebastian Telfair, number six overall player in his class. He's number two. <laughs> Brian Bowen, five-star. He was number 19 in his class. He's three. Sam Williamson, four. Amir Johnson, five. Shane Bahannon, six. Oh, he won us the title, at least. Earl Clark, seven. Okay, yeah. VJ King, eight. Oh. Derek Character, nine. Oh, I should have guessed Character in the top three, actually. Juan Palacios, ten. Oh, Malik Williams, 11. Stop. Shaquan stop. Aaron, stop, man. 12. Stop. Wayne Blackshear, 13. I told you it gets down to you have to get to fourteen. You have to get to fourteen, fifteen, sixteen for Donovan Mitchell, Terry Rozier, Peyton Siva. This is just depressing. I don't think there's anybody that has a top like any blue blood program or top tier program or whatever you want to refer to us as that has a worse top thirteen recruit. There is no one in the country. I will put money on it right now. That you know, there's no one in the country in the last twenty years who has more than five tournament wins that has a worse top top fifteen recruiting history than that. It's honestly remarkable that we were as successful as we were when Rick I mean, Pitino was I, here. I will bet there's no that clearly guaranteed no one with a national championship in the last in the last twenty two years that has a that has it that bad. It's still the irony of all ironies that we have become the poster boy for getting success through shady recruiting methods and all this stuff. When the reality is, the worst part about the Patino era around here was the recruiting, and that just like goes like we weren't getting the types of players that all the other programs were. And when we did, they never they didn't no. pan out. No, I mean Samardo was okay here for two years. <laughs> Nothing. Telfair no. didn't make it here. Brian Bowen got us in the, the <laughs> yeah. never had two practices and then got us in a can bleep storm. Can, can he even be considered on the list? I mean, I, he signed here and was okay. technically a Cardinal for a split second. Sam Williamson. Three uneventful years here. Amir Johnson, never played. Never played. Shane Bahannon, 
kicked out of the program. Had two good, not great years. He was great in the tournament. Don't get me wrong, but you know, you know, there's something bad when Shane Mohan is like your shining star of, of the list. Well, I think Earl Clark is. Well, even right, he Earl was Clark, like, right, you know, yeah. he was like pretty good for for three years, but not tremendous. VJ King bust. Derek Character. Had to, we kicked him out of the program also after two uneventful years. Oh, he's more famously known for Gatorade bottles than the way he did on the court. Yeah. Juan Palacios you know, started on a Final Four team as a freshman. Maybe things are different without injuries. Malik Williams, I don't think I have to tell you. An odd Cardinal career. Jaquan Aaron, awful for a year. It goes to USC. Not great there either. Are we going to look past the point that in the last four years, Mac failed with two of our top 11 recruits in, in the last 20 years? It's unreal. It's all, all unreal. I mean, seriously. But where do you stand now? Because, so we have, oh, if you look at the roster, we had bad. 14 scholarship players last season with Malik using his extra year of eligibility. Yeah. Right now, we've lost six guys from that team, officially. Malik's gone, we know that. Yeah. Mason Faulkner and Jared West also out of eligibility. Yeah, and Sam I'm Williamson gone. and Gabe Wisnitzer have both entered the transfer portal. And now Frederick King and Deontay Davis have decommitted. If we assume that Dre Davis is also going to decommit, that's to say. that's eight players that were current that, that could have been on or that were using scholarships, who now are out. With us having thirteen scholarships available for next year, you take away seven. We've got six scholarships that are currently being claimed for next season's team. Kenny Payne's got a lot to work with. That's the there's the positive there. And in bringing this up, right after you tell me all the failures in recruiting we've had the last twenty years, this is not a good transition. Now's the time to show now it. I'm not I'm feeling very comfortable over here. I, I think that you're also going to have. I think it seems more likely than not that you're going to have more, a couple more scholarships open up. Mm. I mean, Payne. It's been said enough that I believe it because it's not just me hearing it, that he has basically told people, I want to keep five players from last year's team, five scholarship players from last year's team. And then I'm assuming now at this point, Kamari Lands would make six. And then you've got seven that can go to, to members of the 2022 class or transfer portal guys. I think that there's, I think most Louisville fans are seeing this and aren't freaking out, which is what would have happened in years past, because it's one thing to lose a guy, a lot of, players from your current roster when things are going well but when you're coming off one of the worst seasons in the history of the program and you're losing a bunch of guys it's not exactly going to be met with that same type of skies falling reaction and in the same vein when you lose two players and I know recruiting rankings aren't everything God knows we just made that point 10 times over but when you lose guys that are fringe top 150 players it's not the same as losing a bunch of guys who were committed, who were high four in, high high end four star guys, like or, or low end five star guys. Yeah, like losing Kamari Lance, I think would be a big yeah, deal. I think that would cause some backlash. He, according to the way that he's answered questions on his social media, seems to have interacted with Kenny Payne already and seems to be fully in. He seems he says he's he says he's actively recruiting Sky Clark for Louisville, which is great. Like we we need all the help we can get on that mm-hmm. front, but a total roster overhaul. I don't think any Louisville fans are going to be all that upset. No. I mean, I, I think the three names that would cause maybe some backlash, you mentioned one lands, the others being would be Curry and, and, and Ellis, I think. If you lose any Curry, people are going to be upset. You, you lose one, any of those three, I think, would cause some, not, maybe not a full, you know, rebuttal against you know, pain, but I think you would get you would get some people going, okay, now, well, hold up now. Other than those three, though, I mean. I think you're right. I don't think I think people kind of look at this as kind of like maybe Kentucky fans looked at when Cal got there in ten when he basically just told everybody told all the recruits that you know Glisby had gotten was like things thanks have changed but, thanks but no thanks yeah he, 
you know, supposedly, you know, he put a note on his door that said, you know, told everybody to come to his office when they got to the note door said, thank you for your time in Kentucky. You're no longer allowed here. Price please yesterday ain't the price today. Please leave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody was kicked off the team pretty much. And, you know, and so, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, if you're the Louisville fans, you're probably just thinking maybe that kind of mindset with, with the way this is going forward. And like you said, what's, what the hell? I mean, was there really, is there any problem going into a complete old new scenario? I mean, yeah. the team, I mean. Obviously, what the team looked like last year. I think maybe people get mad about it if the players that you bring in aren't of the caliber that we're hoping they are. But I think at this point, everybody just kind of assumes, yeah, total turnover. Kenny Payne's got some guys that he already feels good about being able to bring mm-hmm. in here, and then hopefully he goes out there and lands some of the top tiers uh, players in the transfer portal. I would think with with the decommitments, whether you know you. They, you'd be on the player side, or you, it's more likely, like you said, I think it's more likely with us on our side in terms of these decommitments. If you're a fan, you do. You see that, and you look at those two guys, and you go, okay, one's a project, one's top 150. Yeah. Who cares? That's good. Just replace them with guys that are in the top 50. That's what we're here to do with Kenny Payne. Oh, what, Sky Clark's being recruited? No wonder. There you go. I mean, that's. I think that's what I think more fans are probably more excited to see those guys. And no disrespect to them, but, you know, you know, go out and have a great career wherever you do. But maybe they would have been studs coming here, but. From you know recruiting eyes of it, you see those and you see those their numbers next to those guys. And if you're, you know, a basic fan, you're probably thinking, "Good, let's, sure. I want to replace them with the, with better recruits." I think it's a little bit interesting because everybody wants to know names of you know, potential transfers that Louisville could get, and you know, people are are sending me messages saying, "Like, when are we going to get the the breakdown of who Louisville's going to go after? What names should we be keeping an eye on?" And my answer is like, "Well, I've got no idea because one, you're getting." A hundred new names in the portal every single day at this point, and two, whenever you're getting these reports from Jeff Borzello or, or the other guys who track this, when a guy becomes available in the portal, you know they'll do the thing after a few hours where it's Princeton transfer so and so is heard from, so like this team, this team, this team, and that team, and Louisville hasn't been included on any of those lists, and it's interesting to me because Kentucky's on like all of them. Like Kentucky is like. This isn't people saying that they've been offered a scholarship or that they're bringing them in for a visit. They're just saying that they've reached out. You know, like an assistant will text a guy who just becomes available and says, hey, man, like, you know, we're interested. We'd love to, you know, we'll be in contact down the line. That's Kentucky, Michigan, whoever reaching out, quote unquote. And I don't know if it's because we don't have a staff together and, you know, Kenny Payne can't do all this on his own and he's busy trying to look at some 2022 guys and he's busy trying to, you know, get his coaching staff in, in order. But I'm curious to hear who we end up reaching out to when we finally are reaching out to some prospects. The only real substantive reports that we've gotten as far as activity amongst the coaching staff with potential additions to the roster have been us reaching out to Tyrell Ward, who was a the Xavier decommit from the 2022 class, and then the reports that we've reached out to Scott Clark. Besides that, we're not really hearing anything as far as... Was the Xavier kid, was that a Kenny Payne Top 40 was that, uh, No, I mean, was that a... Yes, Kenny Payne. Okay. So I didn't know if that was something precursor before Mac left or whatever I didn't know no this was this was within the last week I think it was um I think like, like last Wednesday or Thursday oh. that report came out there and he's a I mean he's a, he's a really good player he's a top 40 kid he would help out uh we're, I mean we're just now saying oh god please don't do this Andre Corbello from Illinois has entered the transfer portal it's your boy isn't it look I told people what the start of the year was gonna him. happen I, I told everybody what was going to happen at the start of the year I was right about Illinois and Corbello I was wrong about most everything else but that one that one I got right Please, if we if he comes here, I'm gonna be. It's called karma, babe. <laughs> it's like the rock and watt stuff that almost happened last yeah. year. I'm like, I'm like, please don't do this, don't do this. Corbella would drive everybody crazy. Um, well, you'd be safe. I, I had the same fear when we were looking at McCronin. I know. 
How about this? New report just coming out here. I'm just now seeing this. Former Georgia Tech uh, coach Jeff Popovich has landed at Louisville as a senior quality control coach. The Greg's son? I would assume there's some sort of relation. I would think that it's not like the name Popovich is not right there next to Smith. We got Jeff. We, we have Popovich in town. We, we finally got the coach. The, all the rumors are true. Popovich is coming to Louisville. Is that okay? It's going to be Greg Popovich. He's on staff. We got Popovich. I would be okay with this a little bit. That's hilarious. I think he's a little rated as an NBA coach, but I'd still be okay with it. Um, text said, if you could go back in time six months, would you be more surprised at how the Mac situation ended where we are now or that Sidney Curry is the one player fans want back the most? Both would have taken me by surprise. Yeah. I mean, it's still probably the Mac situation, but if you had told me, if you had told me six months ago that Sidney Curry would be the player that we, we all say, you've got to have that guy back, I would not. It would have been a huge shock. I was still calling him Eddie Curry at that point. I mean, the buzz when we got Sidney Curry was kind of because if you remember, <laughs> you've been blasting loose with the word buzz, but okay. yeah, but if you remember, he decommits from Kansas, and I mean, clearly getting a post player who just decommitted from Kansas seems like a great thing. So initially, we're all excited, and and then Louisville just backs off him, and we don't hear anything on the Sidney Curry front, and we're thinking like it's de- it's dead. It's been like three weeks before there's any been been any sort of Sidney Curry talk, and what I kind of hear behind the scenes is they're like, we don't know if this kid can make it here and if he does even get to campus like he may get kicked off the team before school starts like th- that was the, what they were saying and they're like he's not good enough but we could use a bigger body against uh, duke's mark williams to throw him in there which again goes to show the, the staff's talent evaluation was left a lot to be desired over the last few years but that's what i had heard about Sidney curry and he gets here and you see him play a little bit and you're like, okay, he's maybe got more offensive skills than I was giving him credit for, but he still seems like a gigantic project. And then by the end of the year, the, the dude can't miss any sort of shot that he's getting inside. That. I mean, he's making insanely difficult left-handed hooks. He's making crazy finishes through contact around the rim. He hits that little turnaround jumper in the ACC tournament. And you're like, this guy, his upside is off the charts. And he also totally reinvents his body. I think he has to get some sort of, he has to get brownie points for that. And yeah, like I thought he was going to be the 12th or 13th man on a 14 scholarship player roster, and he was clearly our best player for the last month of the season. I'm still surprised by it, but more props to him. Like, like he he was tremendous. It was earlier in the year that we just talked about him being just a, a backup role player rotating with Roosevelt Wheeler. Yeah, to the to the point where you know b- behind Malik Williams to the point where now it's he's the starter. He's our guy. He's our go to guy. Man. Uh, Texas, I don't recall the exact quote, but Nick Coffey said this morning that Payne hasn't talked and committed recruits and players who weren't there at the intro presser. Any knowledge on this? I don't. Uh, who was all the, but Only three what, players were there. Davis was at the presser, I thought. He, he was. Okay, yeah. So we know he's talked to Dre Davis, L. Ellis, and Jalen Withers. Okay. That was three. I always forget which ones were there. I, even though I knew Davis, I thought was one of them. All three of them have essentially said some form of, it was a great talk. We feel good about Kenny Payne. We like the direction of the program, but we have a decision to make. Like none, none of the three have been committal, and I don't know if that's again. I, I don't know if that's their end or if it's U of L's end. I, I don't know if it's them saying we've got to weigh all of our options, or if it's them saying that because U of L hasn't come to them and said definitively like we want you here next year. Like we want you to be a part of what we're building. I, I've got no idea, and I don't know if he's talked to the other players in the roster. I think I know that Sam Williamson, you know the talk all season long had kind of been he was ready to move on understandably so he almost transferred last year he comes back and he doesn't start and he's playing a minimal role but 
the word when the season ended was he wanted to at least have a conversation with Kenny Payne before he made a decision. So I assume that that conversation happened at some time and that led to him entering the transfer portal. I'm assuming that. Like maybe Payne just didn't reach out and after a couple of weeks he was like, okay, well, <laughs> your silence is speaking volumes. I'm going to go ahead and move on. And maybe that's what all these players are doing. I like I'll be perfectly honest. I don't I'm not we're the most honest radio show in the city. I have no direct line to Kenny Payne. So I'm not going to get like I don't have inside info when it comes I mean, to I've him. tried calling him but he won't he won't answer <laughs> He's not phone. answering your calls. Yeah, he won't call me back. I've been hanging out around his house. He just he you know, when, I mean after the cops escorted me out they wouldn't let me back. Wouldn't in. let you back. Yeah. So I I, I can't I'm give you I'm people. I really am. If I'm giving you anything, it's it's from the player's perspective. It's from their their point of view. But I've I've got no insight as far as who he's reached out to, who he hasn't reached out to, like who he wants to keep, who he hasn't, and, and the players that he has talked to, like what he said to them. No no clue. I wish I had more answers for you guys. <laughs> uh, says, sorry, sir, but no Wayne Blackshear slander will be tolerated today. Did we get Blackshear even on that list? I hear me. he was on that list. I didn't hear you say you were freaking out. I before you, 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 were, you, were, you were yelling stop. Yeah, by the time you got to Blackshear, I was already out the door, ready to leave. I'm done. I'm, I don't want to hear anymore. He's he was 13 on the list. He's right before the the Donovan Mitchell, Terry Rozier, Peyton Siva list. And I love Wayne. I absolutely will not slander him. Uh, yeah, I won't slander because for anything alone, his senior year, he was great. That that senior year run and that tournament run. I mean, I, for one month, he was the player that we'd that, been expecting to see for the preceding three and a half years. It, to the point where, when we when we lost to Michigan State, sure. I mean, obviously, we're losing. I don't want a little bit to lose in that in that moment. It's, it's heartbreaking, but it was also heartbreaking for me. Like it got to the point where he was almost at the level where I was heartbreaking to see his career end with that disappointment, like I did with Pageant in, in two thousand eight. Oh yeah, and that's saying a lot because you know how much I love how much I love David, like like. Very much. You do. Yes, I do. He's he's got the restraining order against me. I love him so much. But with Wayne, it was kind of the same way. Like, I, but it wasn't as long a love I had. But I felt like I, he played so well and put so much on the line in that that senior year that it made, it was I was disappointed for him. I was sad. Texas says I thought the SMU coach retired. You're right. You're you're correct. I misspoke. Uh, Tim Jacobich called it a career after they he's had been a, a while. He's been around a while, hadn't he? We took over when you know they got into all sort of all that trouble with Larry with Larry Brown. Brown. And I think he was there I think he was one of the guys that he got the job on an interim basis, killed it in year one. Like his first year they were the last undefeated team standing. And then they made him full time and he did pretty well. They they had a they disappointed this past year, but mm. yeah. SMU, right? Come on, man. Yeah, he's, he did a good job. Well they got a lot of money down there. Well, I know it is. I know. Trust me, I've seen Pony Express. <laughs> <laughs> Texas, I uh, always loved. I I, I like ninety nine percent of TK faves. Today's have been great. Thank Good you. Vote of confidence from the text line. Someone with good taste. Texas says um, everyone has complained about how bad the officials have been this year. So I have two suggestions for college basketball to make officials affect the game less. Number one, raise the foul limit to foul out from five to six. Totally agree. Mm. Two out of bounds now uses the possession arrow to determine possession, no matter who touched it. I agree with the foul outs for I college. I don't agree with the second one. Um, I always, I always never understood why. I mean, if you're an amateur level, I figure, I always figure you should get more fouls than, than you would on prof- in professional. Yeah. I mean, I always thought NBA should be five and college should be six. I never, I never really makes understood. more sense. It does. I mean, I guess you go, well, you don't want the people to foul out. I mean, I mean, don't commit fouls. I mean, plain and simple. Uh, I'll tell you right now, if you if you really want to, if you want to feel better about watching men's officiating, go watch a women's game for once. It's so bad. It'll make you appreciate the men's game, men's league officials so much more, so much more. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, more text. People talking about the roster. We'll get to that. Also, uh, some final four talk. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, fourteen fifty and ninety six one, rolling on here on a Monday. Bright lights, big city 
Grooving TK classic. This is a good one, right? I, I just see you like grooving in your house to this. Yeah, right, just like that. See much pain inside. Baby, it ain't over till it's over. Just a very buzz TK dancing with one of his dogs. <laughs> it's the vision in my head right now. Yeah. I can see it happening. Welcome back in the Mike That's Rutherford Show. That's song, song, by the way. That's it, right there. I don't hate it. It's my favorite. I'm not the biggest Lenny Kravitz fan. I'm not either, but just maybe it's why I put it at number one. I can see that. And it's probably some of my favorite. Also, written, written. written about the uh, getting dumped by, uh, uh, what was her name? The girl from the Cosby Show. The one that's... Uh, Felicia Rashad? No. <laughs> <laughs> This is bloody crap. It's not a mod Rashad over here singing. <laughs> How the one is dating that? It's now with the Aquaman guy. I don't know. Uh, Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet. Thank you. God, I, I forgot she's with um, the. She's with the guy from Aquaman now, right? And Game it? of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is his? Uh, Jason Momoa. I'm calling his name. Yeah. I told you when I, because I was so far behind on Game of Thrones, it, it just really drove me nuts when I was watching, and they replaced his his because um, he replaced the original guy. That in Game of Thrones, or was no, it vice versa? That's a different character you're thinking of. Okay, you know, he was I, he was called Drogo the, the whole time. Oh, that's right. No, you're. I'm thinking of the the one that uh, Khaleesi's love. Yes, yeah, yeah. He was a totally different actor. I mean, because the second season when it starts, I'm like, that's not the same guy. And I couldn't. And I was so I didn't want to go online because of spoilers. Yeah, and you, it was you're in a rough spot. It was making me insane. Going that is cannot be the same dude. That guy made a poor career choice. Poor career. <laughs> he quit that position. It's yeah. Like, well, <laughs> he's like seeing the ratings the next season, like. I gotta get a new damn age. Wonder what that guy ended up doing after Game of Thrones. Because he left to take another job. I don't remember what he oh, did. Oh, is that what it was? But I haven't seen him on anything since. Yeah, I don't think he he wasn't at the Oscars last night. I don't think. No, I don't think he was. I don't think he was blowing up. Uh, Texter five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Texter says, "I missed the show last week. Did you talk about Mike Woodson firing Dane Fife and the allegations behind it? We did talk about Mike Woodson uh, firing Dane Fife. We didn't talk about the allegations. Was, I heard that he got let go. I didn't. Was there, there was a reason other than the fact it's Dane Fife? Yeah. We talked about we, we talked more in, in the context of him promoting Yasir Roseman to associate head coach because that was a name that had been on sort of the short list of guys that have been brought up for potential staff additions for Kenny Payne. So that was kind of the, the extent of the conversation, but you know, the Dane Five stuff is out there. We, we, you can you do something bad? I mean, just you don't have to go into detail. Kind of. I mean, you can look into it. Okay. Yeah, I mean. I mean, other than him just being somewhat of a bad coach, I mean, pretty much that's okay. I mean, I'm sure whatever what he did, it wasn't enough to be overlooked because of his coaching abilities. What you're saying, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Okay, which yeah. could have been anything. I mean, it could have been sneezing and not saying "God bless you." But. I can see him going on Dan Dockage's show pretty soon. Is, <laughs> oh, is what I can say. <laughs> Texas, have you heard the commercial about the Trinity guy that ends with "He's from Portland"? Uh, yeah, we love. Everybody loves Phil Rich. He's from Portland. Love it. 
Of course, of course, we've heard it. I, I did hear for the first time My commercial of all time. Maybe I heard the one Mike Rutherford show promo for the first time in like oh, five that. months the other day, and it, 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 my guy Mark Cole, who is filling in, like he's has the very last like, like Big X Radio baby or something like that. And I yeah. take I'm like, did you know you're on the Rutherford show promo? Yeah, of course I'm not. Wait, didn't you make it? <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, so why are you blaming yourself? That's why I'm not on it. I don't like my own voice. Of course, I'm not on it. Just trying to do Eeyore when you're the one who's responsible for that. <laughs> That's how it works, right? It's also from like the, the second week of the show. Yeah. Maybe we need a new but one. But it's your birthday. Yeah, it was. It was my birthday. It's Eric Wood. Another one coming up pretty soon. We get Eric Wood on. <laughs> no, when, next time we get <laughs> next Wood on. Next time we get Wood on show is when we get another promo. Texas Popovich looking at horse farms and frankly really could be a thing now. Uh, LOL. By the way, Trevor, David Everly will kill you for that great Popovich. Slander, stay away, Dave. Uh, that would be Ronnie. I'm assuming he takes in a buddy of ours that's uh, yeah, love you, Ronnie. Loves, loves Popovich. I think my voice is starting to go out again, isn't it? A little bit. I think it's because I've been. Yeah, I've you been, hadn't been using it recently. I've been saving it for two days to get to the show, and I'm an hour forty minutes in. It's starting to go again. I'm worried about you tomorrow. I'm hearing it. Yeah, we're gonna be celebrating a Final Four birth, and you're gonna be all upset. <laughs> I am gonna be celebrating that. I can't wait for tonight. Actually, what celebrity could play Andre Corbello? All I see is Ben Stiller wearing a headband. All I see is like <laughs> the, the guy. And well, now he's, this has been like 20 years, so he's probably significantly older. So <laughs> there's no probably about it. He is significantly older if it was 20 years ago. But the guy who was Spanish in old school oh, yeah, and then was in Coach Carter. He's in Coach Carter, yeah. He's he a, looks like Andre Cabello a little bit. <laughs> he's got the same hair. He do work at Red Lobster. It's only part-time. It's like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> nice. Um, That's a good line. Oh, Plumley Bro won us. Test texted in. There's a KRC text. KRC text. TJ. They're out tomorrow. Oh. Why? I don't know. Final Four depression? That's what it is. Post-Peacock depression? Texas, TJ, what would your opinion be on Cal if we don't win another title or make another Final Four in the next five years? I can tell you for TJ. He's going to say he wants him executed. No. (laughs) Dead. Not just fired. Dead. He will put out a hit on him, literally. TJ wants him murdered. Yes, he will. I'll answer for him. He will will attempt to uh, attack him from his family from the inside until he quits. If he goes another five years without a Final Four or a title, I mean, I'll answer for him. Like, Louisville fans wouldn't put up with that. Even with all the stuff that we've been through, if we go— I mean, what, are we talking about four—what about four of those five, though, you lose in the Elite Eight? I don't care. Okay. That would be a decade without a Final Four. Yeah. And it would be—well, hell, it'd be more than a decade. It'd be over a decade without a Final Four and 15 years without a national title. It's Kentucky. Like, it, Louisville, if we have a head coach I mean, who's been here for four— they have, but I'm saying that that's they were upset. They made moves because of that. And assuming Cal is going to keep recruiting at least in the same vicinity that he's always been recruiting in, you can't go 15 years without a national title at UK. I mean, if Kenny Payne's here for 15 years and doesn't have a national title and goes like 10 years between Final Fours, I think we'd probably be pretty upset with him. And that's given kind of him inheriting a situation that was not nearly as strong as what Cal walked into at UK. I mean, but the thing is, I mean, if you're, you know, I mean... It's Kentucky. I know, but I mean, again, it, it's not like it's so bold to say, well, we just didn't make the final four national cha- win a national champion. And I, I know you expect to do that within the next five years or even one in, in 15 year span. But I mean, if you're also in those five years, a top two seed and, and in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight each and every time, I mean, clearly you're a team that's competitive in, in the national championship. It's just something goes wrong or, I mean, that's the thing about the tournament. We've talked about it. You know, left and right is how I love how people can sit there and admit that, yes, it's the, it's sometimes luck. Sometimes does the best team doesn't win. Sometimes things don't go your way. And on the other hand, go, how can you not win a tournament by now? I mean, you can't have both ways. You can't. But also, if it's 15 years, and if it's 
at that point, it would be five years from now would be 12 years since their last Final Four. And there would be a whole lot of Elite Eight losses over that span because they've lost what? In the last six years, they've lost twice in the Elite Eight? Well, two at least from this point, yes. And so if you add four to that, you're talking about losing six times in the Elite Eight over 12 years and having no Final Four appearances in between. Like, that's just not good enough. It's not. I'm sorry. Like, if you're Duke, Carolina, you're not putting up with that. Kansas, you're not putting up with it. Nova, at this point, you're not putting up with it. Louisville, you're not putting up with it. IU, you're probably not even putting up with it, even though they haven't been to an Elite Eight since 02, <laughs> period. Um, I, I, I would, if I'm a UK fan at that point, I'm calling for a change. I don't care how close you are. It just can't happen. Uh, I mean, I guess it's just, it's hard. To, I, I know. I, know. I, I agree with that. I'm not saying it's fair. I, I, yeah, I mean, I see it on both sides. It's just so weird to, to, to think about. I mean... It's not like we're talking about him like being like an eight seed, like you know, where Tubby was near the end, where he was just kind of you know lower seed sometimes going in each tournament. Right, maybe. but you would have to look around and look at the other programs that you compare yourself to that you are in that same stratosphere as, and say, you know, Carolina's going to Final Fours, Duke's going to Final Fours, Nova's going to Final Fours, UCLA's been to a Final Four. Like it would be, you can't do it. <laughs> well, Gonzaga has too, but I mean, I mean, Gonzaga's been to two national. Yeah, you all rip on Gonzaga all the time. They've been to two national title games in the last five years. Like that's. Not nothing. But no titles. Mark Few. You're out to see this hot. No titles. Get him out of here. Fire Few. Uh, Texas says, last and maybe the biggest smack in the face that could be that the IRP could hand us would be a postseason ban in the same year of our 10-year anniversary and with the Yum hosting one of the regionals for the NCAA, probably where UK will play knowing our luck. It would be – like that would be a – Well, UK probably playing it anyway. I mean, yeah, unlikely. But seems likely. Yeah, well, we'll see what their roster is. Who knows? True. It would feel like this would, if we get a postseason ban for this upcoming season, it would feel on one hand like a, like the perfect NCAA FU to us, doing that, having it be the 10 year anniversary of winning the title. At the same time, it also might be, we could sort of spin it as like beautiful symmetry. It's been 10 years since the national title. Since then, the program hasn't, you know, had a decade that we are proud of. It hasn't been where we expect it to be. We've had a whole lot of just controversy, but this is Kenny Payne's first year. He's going to deal with this. And then once the season ends, we're putting all this to bed. It's all in the rearview mirror, all eyes forward. We're moving on. Like that's the way that I think we would have to spin it, but it would be difficult to try to celebrate all the 10 year stuff. It's also, it's going to be an awkward period because I don't think Patino's going to come back for anything. No. I think some players you're probably not going to see come back. And I mean, you can get some well, hell, from them maybe, but not Patino, I don't think. But we also technically cannot celebrate it. Like, we, per NCA rules, cannot celebrate it. Oh, we're celebrating it. I don't until he can suck it on that one. I'm with you there. I mean, we, we're going to celebrate it. We're going to honor it. I mean, what's somebody going to do when we're, we're sitting there having a game at some point next year that's, you know, that we're wearing some kind of throw? We'll wear the jerseys from the 2013 game, and, you know, we'll do, we'll get, do a giveaway of some kind. We'll, you know, maybe have some. I hope so. Some players come in that, that maybe are locally around locally and are free to do it. I mean. I think there would be some issue, like you said. I want, well, Patino won't be in the show. I don't think well, it could be schedule-wise because of his own coaching. But even if he was, wasn't coaching next year, I don't think he'd be showing up at Louisville for this and or even doing a video. But then he did one for Russ. So. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be weird. That surprised me. Yeah. Texas, the Kenny Payne video with Mike's voice playing uh, over it plays all the time on ACC Network Extra baseball games. Okay. I get a lot of respect on ACC nice, Network extra circles. Yeah, I'm big there. ACC Network, despite the league not recognizing us, ACC Network does. Extra. Oh, extra. Not the actual network. <laughs> they hate us. Besides, Why do they hate us? They, 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 they hire all our former pl- people from, from here. Well, Jay Alter does give me shout-outs during broadcast sometimes. But 
We have not. He does, yeah. I'm more mad about you not getting invited on Packer and Durham. <laughs> Should I be on Packer and Durham? Hashtag get Trevor to P and D. Is that is that sort of is that appropriate? It does. I said it right what away, are you and I was like, to "Do to me?" I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> Why are you sending me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't say anything without being like, "Is that okay?" Um, Why do you want me? Pa- I've never. I, 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 I was just I, joking. I've I, never. I've never watched one episode of Back Under Him. You're not missing much. So I just. Yeah, I, don't, I never. I don't know if they just like. Yeah. The real stars of that network are the baseball games that are on Extra. Because they have my voice on it. I'm going to see that. Texas says, Trevor, how can you say that you don't like your own voice? You have a great voice for radio. Trevor's the best, but also the worst. You know what I mean? (laughs) I have not. I don't really. Thank you. (laughs) Texas says, weren't the Memphis State uh, NOI premeditated in blue chips by 1994, in 1994 by Penny? It it does kind (laughs) of feel like, I mean, I saw all those jokes too. It does feel like it's come full circle. Uh, but Penny, yeah, Penny Hardaway, it's like, you knew what you were getting. You knew well, this was at least a possibility, when right? His, when, his mom, when his mom told uh, Coach Pete Bell, I don't know a lot about sports, Coach, but I know it's not a foul if the whistle don't blow. <laughs> it was definitely ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. This is why I've always said with the, the James Wiseman thing, if you're going to do that, if you're going to give double birds to the NCAA and play this guy after they've contacted you and said he's ineligible – it's not a time for half measures. You can't play him the one game and then be like, oh, no, we're putting him back on the bench. Either you play him the whole season or you pull him. And they open the door for the NCAA to just smack them harder than than Will Smith. It's like that. I had to say it at least once. I mean, I mean, come on. That's, that's, it's been said on a million different radio shows today. That's an okay. I'm assuming. <laughs> right? In some form or the other I, you, you know it's it's talked about when i turn on our station on the way here and the political guys are talking not talking about ukraine not talking about joe Biden. Oh, you knew it's gonna be they're all talking day. about will smith and then uh chris rock. chris rock i'm like oh wow but memphis screwed up by they opened the door for the ncaa to just drill him by playing him one game and then being like oh no we're we're, we're scared like we're gonna listen to you now like you, you, you screwed up didn't you, he play like two technically i think maybe like the day that he was announced they went and got a a temporary injunction from a judge <laughs> And he played. It was, and it was against, like, Wright State or somebody. There was, oh, yeah, his games he played were against meaningless games. That's why his stats were meaningless almost. Yeah, it was, it was a weird thing to do. They opened themselves up to this, and now they're going to get drilled. There's no way. I mean, they're, they're going to get obliterated by the NCAA. Does Penny, I mean, he's no longer his coach now, though, right? Oh, he is. I mean, once this is over. I don't know, man. It'll be t- – I think, they'll, I think they'll, they'll do the LSU thing and wait and see how this all plays out. And until the writing's on the wall that – like, this is going to be really, 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 really bad. I think they probably hold on to him. I mean, give me – I mean, this is a joke, but yet somewhat's partly a, an honest question. Did they bring in Larry Brown to help with the season or the offseason? I think there was a – I think they were aware that there was a possibility. <laughs> I mean, if anybody knows how to handle dealing with NCAA violations, it's Larry Brown. I mean, he's been doing it for decades. They apparently got this notice of allegations, I guess, in July – is what's being reported, and we're just now learning of what was in it. So I assume Memphis saw this and was like, there's at least a chance, depending on their timeline, that we may not have Penny Hardaway when the season starts. That would make sense why you would bring in Larry Brown for that. God, the man just... You bring in Larry Brown, it may be as good things for the I mean, future of your program, probably not great for you personally if you're the head coach. I mean, even as an assistant wherever he goes to school gets in trouble. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, I'm, I'm afraid Larry Brown might be coming through Louisville, stop and get lunch, and next thing I know, we're on sanctions. It's not it's not an illegitimate fear. I met Larry Brown at a barbecue joint in Orlando. Did you really? Yeah. All I think of is the old Jim Rome clip. I was uh I Larry was, Grounds Crank. 
right in my face. I was because I, I don't know if you know. I'm a I'm a giant Larry Brown fan. I've always been a Larry Brown fan. The Pacer the Pacer fan in me is the m- big reason why. And I was in Orlando and I was staying in a hotel and I was in this this like a barbecue place right next to the hotel and I'm sitting there eating. I look up table right next to me was there George Lynch, Larry Brown, and uh, forget the other assistant. Just uh, they were staying in the same hotel. Just hanging because that's in, um, they were in town to play UCF. And I just sit there and I thought, should I say something? Do I want to say something? I kind of want to. And I didn't want to be rude, though, because he's eating dinner. But as they were about to kind of finish and leave, I, that's when I kind of walked up and I was like, you know, big fan. Do you mind if I get a picture? And Did you take one? Yeah. It's that section of my Facebook. Uh, uh, Is it? Yeah. Nice. Because the camera, the, the phone, God forbid, I took that picture with is long gone. But uh, I had uploaded it to Facebook, and I think it came up on one of my lists, like memory lists a couple of months ago. Saying this, so yeah, it's still on there somewhere. Still the only coach with an NBA and NCAA championship to his name. That is correct. Tegers, it's totally fair to call for any coach's job when plenty of them are the highest paid public employees in the state, and we all know the disgusting fact that they get paid millions to get fired too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you're going to pay Calipari nine million dollars a year with that absurd buyout, and he's not going to get you to a single Final Four for 12 years, not a single national title for 15, I would be fine if UK fans were going to get a little bit, a little bit angsty. And say, let's pull the plug. Would you be okay if he's consistently a seven, eight, nine seed, but still making five, but makes the final whore run out of it? If you got a couple, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's all about the tournament in the end. Okay, that's true. I'm, I'm, and especially when I mean, if it's a, it, it's not that funny though. Like he's he's constantly on the bubble every year. Kentucky is not one of the better team, the best teams every regular season, but yet they'll, but somehow as an eight seed, nine seed, 10 seed even, they make maybe a Final Four run once every three years. That would be better than what being a top seed every year and just falling short. I mean, if you, want to be, if you want to be honest about it, like that's kind of the dynamic of his career at UK already. Well, like, yeah. The first half of his tenure there is so romanticized. And, and understandably so. I mean, he was going to Final Fours every year. He was close to winning more national titles than he won. But the 2011 Final Four, he's a four seed. Yep. The, you know, them almost winning it in 2014. He's a eight seed. But anything post the 12... 12 run pretty much yeah i, I mean mm. he well in let's see 2013 they miss 2014 they're an eight seed and then 2015 they have the undefeated team that's true and since then it's been a whole lot of two and three seeds getting knocked off in the elite eight i mean they had they were a, a two seed in 2017 lost to carolina who was the one seed on the last second shot in the elite eight mm. they underachieved as they i think they were a three when they were they a two or a three when they lost to auburn in 2019 in the elite two eight or two i believe i think so too so like they're kind of they've kind of already done auburn was a five so yeah they were two i believe They've kind of already done what you've been saying. There are two years this year. They lose to a fifteen. They had the terrible season last year where they, where they only win nine games. But they've, for the most part, like their average seating, I would say, has been better the last six years than it was the first six. I think that's probably safe to say. I know they haven't been a one like they were in those years, but they've been a two or a three pretty much every single time. Yeah, pretty much. Except, I mean, the year they lost to uh, Indiana, they were a four, I believe. So I think they were a five. Either one. Weren't they the five and Indiana was the four? I think that's right. It's, yeah. But besides one. that, I mean, you know, they were they were four a couple times in, at the beginning of his tenure. They mm-hmm. were a couple, one a couple of times, and they were the eight. Like, it's... Well, they were two in his first year, weren't they? Were they two or one? They, they were lost. one his first year. They lost. Like, West when they got beat by West Virginia. Okay. Yeah, that's right. You're right. West Virginia was a two. Duh. Yeah. Texas says we can still celebrate Luke's MOP. By, by There's the a way, banner for it. The, this is a uh, I saw it on Facebook speaking of uh, uh, memory. I, lo- I love the memory Facebook. I think so that's, do I. Maybe one of the favorite things Facebook's done for to me for me in my eyes in years 
And today it was my memories was loaded because apparently today I guess is the day after their loss to West Virginia. Oh. And all my posts are on there, and just of course one of my favorites, you know, with Bob Huggins from Clash of Titans, where he's holding up the head, and it's, it's yeah, uh, I remember that head. one. That may be one of my favorites still of all time. Those are my I mean that my memories thing was loaded today with that in my posts. We were I just remember Mary and I we were dating at the time, and like I was so confident that UK was going to win, like, and I wasn't doing the college. I didn't start the college basketball gig until 2012. Like we just went out and had dinner. And I remember, like, I'm kind of watching it on a TV at the bar, like, out of my my side eye, and I'm seeing the score, and I'm seeing Kentucky brick every shot that they put up, and I'm like, is this is this gonna happen? And like, <laughs> you kind of start paying more and more attention. And then, like, we finished dinner, like, race home to watch the end of the game, and I was like, oh my god, they like, I thought that team was was definitely gonna win it all. Oh yeah, I definitely didn't think they were gonna lose West Virginia. Well, technically, it shouldn't have. They were still twice the team in talent wise. They were in West Virginia, but Texas says, "Hey Trevor, hey Trevor, as a Pistons fan." Ugh. How does that Prince Block taste? I love goaltend. I love Larry Brown too. It was goaltend. Was it though? Oh yes, it was. I don't think it was. Yes, it was. Texas does appeal to AARP. Screw the Pistons. Um, <laughs> let's take a break. When we come back, I, I want to talk about the Final Four. Texas, you're banned for a week. No, he's not. He's Just good. for bringing that up. He's good. We're going to talk about UNC uh, Duke. I've got a question for Trevor, and then I've also got a, a follow-up question for everybody out there. I want to know if you have my back or if you don't. We'll do all that good stuff coming up after the break. It's the final hour of the Mike Rutherford Show, and it's up next here on 1450 The Big X. So much pain This, um, I'm just going to say, this surprised me that it's a TK fave. This does not strike me as a TK jam. jam. I, I don't mind the song. I love this whole album. It just does not strike me as like a something you would be rocking to. But here we are. It's, uh, was it played by? Played by Carlos Santana. Stop the looting. Stop the shooting. Final hour of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. We've talked a lot about uh, the men's basketball roster shakeup that's been happening over the weekend. We talked, obviously, about the Chris Rock, Will Smith situation from last night. Uh, We got into some tournament stuff, but we have not really talked about the men's Final Four that has been set and the big storylines that are going to be dominating basically the entire news cycle this entire week. I've got one big question that I want to ask because... You know, Duke Carolina, we knew like the last like going into this weekend how it was setting up. You look at the the bracket and you're like, oh yeah. boy, oh boy. Especially like, after the Baylor game, I think. A spe- after the Baylor game happens, you, and and St. Peter's honestly when they invite advance to the Sweet Sixteen, yeah. Well, certainly when they beat Purdue, you're like, oh, oh, okay, okay, here we go. As much as I dislike the Duke Carolina rivalry and the way that it gets treated, as a college basketball fan. 
there's no way for me to poo-poo this weekend. I, I mean, th- think about this. And I, and I had to write this, and it, it ate a little piece of my soul to write about this on Sunday. They're like, you have a, can you give us a Duke-UNC? Like, I'm like, yeah, I can. I knew it was coming, but just <laughs> can, we, can we give this to somebody else? I, the storylines are – it's the easiest like, a game in the world to hype up. Not only do you have – I mean, it's Coach K's last game, for, potentially. Last Final Four, certainly. First time that UNC and Duke have met in the NCAA tournament ever. Ever. And it happens in the Final Four in Mike Krzyzewski's last season. And also, like, the, the thing that Jim Nance is salivating over is, you know, once upon a time, Coach K was known as the guy who couldn't get it done on the biggest stage. He was always choked in the Final Four, always choked in the national title, couldn't beat Louisville in 86. UNLV blasted him in 90. And when he finally got over the hump, he beat Kansas in the national yep. title game. And now you're staring down a firm possibility, especially with, with Justin Moore of, of Villanova hurt, of Coach K ending his career on the mountaintop by beating the team that first got him there Ironically, back in 91. If you remember, 91 Kansas beat North Carolina in that Final Four game to meet, to meet Duke in the title game. That's right. That was the, that was the North, uh, <laughs> Roy Williams. Williams, Kansas, obviously. Mark Randall and Donis Jordan and company. I mean, all the stuff, all, I mean, all the symmetry here is – like, there's no way to to ignore it. It's outrageous. Even if you want to look at from our standpoint, this is the first Final Four in New Orleans in a decade. And 10 years ago, you had two rivals, Louisville, yep. Kentucky, heavy favorite over Louisville. It was a one and a four. This year, it's a two and an eight for the right to probably play Kansas in the national title game on Monday. Like, it's just, it's insane. But it here's is. my question to you. If you're a North Carolina fan, and I know at least a few of you are listening, you don't want to play. Is there a part of you that kind of didn't want this? Yeah. Because don't get me wrong. Like, like now you're here, and I'm sure they're all saying the same thing. Like you don't turn down Final Fours. You don't turn down shots at national titles. They only come along so often, and I agree with you. <laughs> I mean, but on the other hand, you had the, tr- the rivalry trump card to end all trump cards firmly in place. Mike Krzyzewski, it was a day-long celebration on ESPN, for God's sake. Everything was Coach K. Everything was last game at Cameron Indoor. Everything was the crazies. Everything was Krzyzewskiville. And you went in there, and you beat his ass. And everybody watched it. And then they watched him awkwardly have to address all of his former players and all of his fans and all of his family when he was quite clearly embarrassed and pissed off and every negative emotion you can conjure up. Like, you had that forever, regardless of what Duke did in the NCAA tournament. If they beat you in the Final Four, which seems more likely to happen than not, in the first tournament meeting between these two programs, the biggest rivalry in college basketball, the most talked about rivalry in college basketball, yeah, the most recognized rivalry in college basketball. ESPN's favorite rivalry We'll say that. All of a sudden, your ultimate trump card, it's it's out the window. It's forgotten. Because anytime you try to bring this up, hey, we beat Duke badly at Cameron Indoor, in Coach K's last home game, everybody just says, "Well, what happened a month later in New Orleans?" I mean, it'll be it'll just go. No, but everybody would talk about Coach K winning a national title or making it to the title game in his final four. And no one will talk about it again. Exactly. I mean, now, on, but hold on, real quick, okay. and then I want to get your thoughts. The other side of that is though, yeah, which is if you win, yes, it's the only thing that makes that that is possibly sweeter than what you already had because it's one thing to end Coach K's. Home tenure and his career as a coach at Cameron Indoor Stadium. The only thing that could possibly top that would be to end his career. Period. It's like you—you you get that. Whoever wins this game, I know the stakes were high for us in 2012. They were honestly—they they were probably higher for Kentucky than they were for us. We kind of felt like we were playing with house money. 
But in this one, it doesn't matter that Carolina's the eighth seed. doesn't matter that Duke's going to be a five to six point favorite or wherever they're going to be. Whoever wins this, they get this forever. And it is the ultimate trump card in a rivalry that has been, for the last half century at least, like too close to call. Like, like two years down the road, Coach K comes back. Or next year. <laughs> next year, yeah. <laughs> next January. January. And the yeah. calendar flips and Duke is you know, 11 and 6. John, John, step aside. I don't think that he'd come back 11 and 6. He'd come back if they're 11 and 0. Be like, no, no, I want, I want in on this now. <laughs> so my question to you is, and I know every Carolina fan, they're jaded. They're already in the Final Four, so you can't, you, you can't talk about this honestly. Is there at least a part of you, if you're a UNC fan right now, that is like, I kind of wish the St. Peter's rivalry the run had gone on. Or I kind of wish we just hadn't beaten Baylor and we'd play to our seed and we're out because now these stakes are too high. Oh, I know you can't do it like a, as a rival. Like if we're in the same position Carolina is as Louisville fans, I think in this moment we're like, no, we're going to go, we're going to beat them again. I mean, we, we were a little different years ago because as much as I worried about having to play Kentucky, I didn't really care. I was just happy to be in the Final Four. Exactly. Like I, I didn't really give a bleep about but like, this is, who my opponent was. And you was, get that this is different. Oh, it's hugely different. And I agree with what you said a second ago. Like we're, Yes, you, I, um, and most people in this area just are so sick of this, this the storyline of Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky, but Duke and North Carolina, and how much smoke has blown up the, the butts of everybody involved with Duke and North Carolina, and where it's really a fake heated rivalry. But just, I mean, a PR thing. I mean, this you couldn't have asked for a better story. It's line. incredible. I mean, it is just I, honestly, it was it was going to be good either way. Like I was looking going at North Carolina St. Pete game, I thought. Either way, we have an awesome storyline here. You would have a 15 seed against in the Duke. Final Four against Duke in right. case last year, or you have North Carolina, which, I mean, I don't have to you know, say what you just said and everything else. Everyone started all the storylines that involve that, including on top of all that you mentioned, and I'm still blown away by it, is that it's the first time these ever met in a tournament. Yeah. I mean, it just cracks me up. I mean, Louisville and Kentucky met, what, five times? Six? Five? Five, well, I think, well, right? Well, three since 83, right? Yeah, and then we met uh, We met in 59. Way, way back in the day. We like, beat them in 59 in the Final Four. And then, yeah, we we won the first two. They won the last three. So, I think five of them. So, I mean, that's, yeah. That, I, but if I'm a North Carolina fan, I mean, I've been kind of in that those shoes slot to a lesser degree as a Pacer fan in 98 against Michael Jordan, who I despised and could not, I mean, just the thought of maybe getting to end his career and knock him out in the Eastern Conference Finals just made me smile from ear to ear. I mean, it made my pants tighter. It just made everything about me excited. <laughs> and, of course, it didn't happen. Uh, so, oh, man, that's I, I'm, a, I'm nervous, but I'm not showing it if I'm North Carolina right now. I'm, I'm exactly. bragging. I'm showing a strong face, kind of like me in 2000, really 2012 Final Four, too, where I'm, you know, I'm going to brag. I'm going to be egotistical. I'm going to act like I have no concerns or worries whatsoever, but somewhere inside, I'm crying like a little boy. 2012 was house money for us, though, because we had you know, UK was the clear favorite. They'd beaten us by nine in the regular season, and really it wasn't that close. Russ did a bunch of late threes to make it yeah. in single single. That digits. was the Russ dunk game, too, wasn't it? No, that was, uh, that was 2014. That was 14, okay. The other time we lost to Kentucky in the tournament. But going into that, and also, I mean, if you win, you deprive, you keep Calipari championship lists. Like, it's the worst thing in the world for Kentucky, and it's the best thing in the world for you. But if we lost that game... It was kind of just like, oh, we had a, we had a dream march. It was a magical run. UK was the better team. It's their time. Like, the, and, and that's exactly how it. And that's winning the title the next year kind of took away exactly. all the, the. Now fourteen didn't help. I mean, fourteen was the one that ruined everything. Yeah. Fourteen is the one that still is going to hurt forever. And fourteen is the one that shifted the the balance of the rivalry. I think for the entire Calipari Patino back and forth. But twelve, 
if you'd lost to anybody but Kentucky, it wouldn't have even really hurt that badly. And don't get me wrong, any Final Four loss is going to hurt, but we were like we were the first double-digit underdog in a Final Four game in something like 38 years. Like we we were the heaviest underdog in a long, long time. I think it, since the tournament expanded in the really? Final Four. Yeah, it was a, it was weird. I mean, because but we covered and we did we covered yeah, yeah. yeah. suck at UK we're, put that on a banner <laughs> but Carolina it like feels like much more of a live shot against this Duke team because you know, one they're playing as well as anybody in this tournament pretty much so nice two they just beat Duke not that long ago at Duke's place by doubled figures so it's a little bit different there but the, the K element changes everything oh and, yeah and the fact I mean because you don't get another shot at this it's either K goes out on top over you. In the like, like the second highest level you can possibly get to in the sport, or you not only ended Kay's career in the rivalry in the regular season at home, you knocked him out for good. You ended his career, and on your on your way, you you won a national championship potentially. Like it's it's the greatest rivalry trump card of all time. I mean, I think if you're if you're, if you're Davis, I mean, you win this game. I'm not saying those kind of fans don't want to win a national championship, but I don't, think, I don't think they're going to give a bleep about what happens in the next game as long as you beat North Carolina. If I mean, you're Hubert Davis, you can lose every game for the next four years, and you're like, you're, you're good. Like that, that, that didn't stand as true for Wisconsin when they got their revenge on Kentucky because they don't have a national championship. They're in a little different scenario in terms of the programs. But if you're North Carolina and you knock off Duke, I don't think one person in that fan base gives one bleep if they win or lose that next that next championship game. No, I just love it. Obviously, they care, but they like, care, but they don't care. But they've but already won like a big piece, yes. a, a bigger piece than a normal Final Four win would yes. ever possibly give. Them. They've won no matter. They've what. They've won the rivalry. Yes, you you get that moment. Doesn't matter how much Duke rolls for the next fifteen. Maybe John Shire's the greatest coach of all time. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You ended Case career. You ended Shushevskyville. You you did that. And you, you did it when it nobody down. thought it was going to happen. And you did it with a team that like is not ever going to be considered one of your all-time best in the history of the program. No. You did it with an eight seed. You were an eight seed, yeah. I just like that's the good. The downside is everything that you've been gloating about for the last four weeks kind of gets destroyed. Like it's gonna be a fantastic like this this crazy run. Because they're on a run that's like sort of like our twenty twelve run in terms of it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. They were flirting with the bubble a month ago, and now here they are as one of the last two teams standing, or four teams standing. With us losing to Kentucky, I don't think it invalidated that run. We still look back at that Big East championship and beating Michigan State and going to the Final Four really, really fondly. I think with UNC, it kind of invalidates it. Like It, it just sort of topples it. It makes it, it makes it to a point where when you're looking back at the Baylor win and you're looking back at uh, you know, going to the eight. Like, it beat the Sweet 16. Who they beat? North Carolina, yeah. Um, I'm literally trying to completely blank on that. Was it a four or a five seed? It was a four or five, right? Well, the bracket didn't, I, I didn't dismantle up there. Oh, they beat UCLA. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the game I didn't get. It was listened, a good game. Yeah, I listened a little bit on the radio. Yeah, I, was, I didn't get a chance to watch much of it. It's a good game. Um, and, you know, they've, they've come from behind in, in both those wins, the Baylor win and the UCLA game. Okay, yeah. But I feel like if you lose to Duke in the semifinal, and especially if Duke kind of like womps you, it just – you're not able to look back on those memories with the same level of fondness. No, 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 not at all. Uh, well, the one positive I can say for North Carolina Duke fans involving this, whether no matter who wins and how, you know, is at least look on the bright side, despite what everybody thinks about your rivalry and your fan base. Unlike you, unlike Louisville, Kentucky fans, you probably will move on and not be worried about it because you know, you don't live and die by this like we do here. And that's why you're also a fake rivalry compared to us. True. It's true. Duke, fan, Duke Kentucky fans, or Duke and North Carolina fans, once it happens, Duke fans will be like, oh, okay. 
Well, Texas, now I'm going to go work at my law firm. Texas says they'll never admit it, but UNC fans wish they'd lost an OT to Baylor. I, I, I think that that's, even if they can't recognize it, I think that's in the subconscious of every UNC fan right now. <laughs> I do, because Duke has looked like the best team in this tournament. They look good, yeah. And they're now the betting favorite to win it all. And it, it does kind of feel, it's enough to make you at least Google simulation theory and be like, this all feels too too convenient. I think the aliens or the computer operators or whoever or God is just messing with us at this point because it doesn't seem like this should be allowed to happen. Um, By the way, I'm sorry about your Miami team. I, I know that was – Oh, yeah. I thought I, was, I was going to be right about one the, thing. The fact least. that you just – we mocked you and laughed at you saying that as a prediction before the tournament. Like, we didn't mock, but it's more laughed at. Like, we, no, no way Miami's being serious. Form. Yeah. And they are the lead eight. Well. The one guarantee that I made, though, was whoever wins Miami USC is going to a regional final. That guarantee I made good on. I was good with that one. Everything else I was pretty wrong about. <laughs> this is the first year, Trevor, in a I, – I I'm sure it's happened before. I can't remember it off the top of my head. It's, it's at least been a little bit of time where I haven't had a single Final Four team. I had Kansas. That was the only one I had right. I've got nobody. I had Kansas. That, I, that was, I came close because I had Arkansas and Houston in my Final Fours. Did you? But obviously, Paul, I'm short. I – the, the Baylor bracket, I just, that was just a total. Not, not, what happened with me and my predictions over there wasn't even close. I don't think I, I barely got one game right because I had Baylor coming out of there. So I just did not did not do well. Texas, who does the Louisville fan pull for now? Kay or Baycott? Nobody. You're pulling for Villanova probably, right? Won this game, though. Oh, well, I mean. I'm pulling for UNC. I'm pulling for UNC. I am. I'd rather I'd rather see the, the, the K thing in that way. I mean. Especially if it's going to end. Like, if you're not rooting for Cade to win the national title, then this is the best way to him go out, losing North Carolina. It is. I mean, I was rooting for the funniest possible exit, like Cal State Fullerton beating him in the first round. Or St. Peter's maybe beating him as a 15 in the would final Would be hilarious. Board. That would have been great, yeah. But this this is the only way it this could is, be more this painful. This seems almost poetic as well, to a degree, yeah. I, I, this is the follow-up question I've got for you. The other question, because you mentioned St. Peter's there. So I wrote after they beat Purdue, and I felt pretty strong. I thought it was a good piece. I, I, I wrote that they're the biggest cinderella in the history of the tournament now officially first 15 seed to crash a regional final Mm -hmm. they've got like the stats are all laid out there their budget is like less than half of what umbc's was the 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 famous 16 seed to beat a one their coaches tweeted out about how when they first got the job they worked in standing water in their facility and they never got any like they have it's the worst job in the metro atlantic athletic conference and their profile i mean they won one non-conference game they lost six games in the mac their offensive stats were awful. Mac. I know. I know. Like, it's the most, if you don't want to call them the biggest Cinderella of all time, you have to at least recognize them as the most improbable Elite Eight team of all time. And I wrote this, and there was one group of fans from a specific program George Mason. that flipped out about this. You you just guessed. I'm going to tell you that that's wrong. Okay. Do you, want, do you have a second guess? Um... I think it's um, da, 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 uh, uh, not uh, uh, VCU. No, Butler, NC State fans. Yeah, yeah you could have given me the last forty-two minutes of the show, and I wouldn't have gotten there. I probably. was surprised because I even made I it a point to 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 say why I thought that the St. Peter's run put them above other Cinderella runs in history. I was going to say Villanova maybe before I. Said I included NC, Villanova. Yeah, I would have said them even before I said NC, long before I said NC State because I made it a point to say you know George Mason and VCU. At the end of the day, they are. They're at-large selections. They weren't even like teams that had to win their conference tournament to get into yeah. the field, and they were 11 seeds that crashed the Final Four. It's happened five times now. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's been done. I said the other two 15 seeds, you know, they 
came in with sort of a little bit of, I don't want to say hype, but I mean, I'd written in 2013 that I thought Florida Gulf Coast was un, was, was underseeded at 15, or Roberts had the leading score in the entire country, and the two teams that they played had both kind of limped into the tournament. This was a 15 seed in St. Peter's that I thought should have been a 16 seed that was the the biggest 15 seed underdog in this year's tournament going against the best two seed in Kentucky. Mm. It's the fourth biggest point spread up in the history of the tournament. And it's not only go from there, but to beat a Murray State team that some people thought was underseeded at seven. They mm. were 30 and two, 21 game win streak. And they dominated them, beat them by 10. They were up that entire game. And then Purdue, one of the best offensive profiles in the entire tournament. You hold them to their second worst offensive performance of the entire season, their second most turnovers of the entire season. Like, all of this, to me, made it clear that St. Peter's is the greatest Cinderella. If you're looking at it in those terms. Now, NC State fans were like, we had the most charmed title run of all time. Yeah. If you, which if, I think is a different argument. Yeah, if, you, if, if, winning, if winning it all is the criteria, then probably, yeah, NC State. I, I get to NC State. Number and, Villanova, maybe. And that's, what they, see, and that's what I said. I was like, you all aren't even the most improbable national champion of all time. Like, that Nova team was an eight seed. They're the lowest to ever do it. I would even argue that the well, Connecticut team in 2014. NC State was a six. I NC think? State was a six. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, from the best conference in yeah, college basketball. Now, there was there was a smaller tournament at that point too, as well, because that was the, it was the seating only went to twelve. Yeah, and Bill Nova in '85 was was when they the first expansion right. year. Yeah, and you know their contention is, well, we're the most famous. Basically, they're like they did a whole thirty for thirty on it. You must be under thirty years old. I'm like, no, I wish. <laughs> Um, but they were so adamant, and their whole argument was, it doesn't count as the greatest if you don't win the national title. And I think that that is absurd because yeah, we have very different descriptions of Cinderella. If you're referring to an NC State program that even back in 1983 had the advantage that they had playing in the ACC, they were a six seed. That's a top half seed in the tournament versus a St. Peter's team that has as few advantages as you, as you can possibly have at the D1 didn't, level. Didn't they win the ACC tournament that year? They did. They had, to, they had to get in. Yeah, they knocked off Virginia in the championship game. And that, that was their kind of thing. Is we had to win the tournament to even get in. I'm like, well, so, so did St. Peter's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, technically, yeah. That's a lot of people, actually. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I don't buy, like, the two aren't even in the same stratosphere. Like, they're different arguments to me. If you're talking about the most charmed, like, their run to the tournament was, to the title was insane. Don't get me wrong. All the come from behind wins, all the last second wins, obviously the national title win, the way that it played out. But it's you a. Can't tell me anybody else they beat on the way there, by the way. Oh, I mean, well, exactly. who did they beat in the first round? Pepperdine, I believe, or something like that. Because they were behind by like five in the last minute against yeah, them. I think it was Pepperdine, coached by Jim right. Herrick, if I'm not mistaken. I know it was Pepperdine. I yeah. couldn't tell you who else. Like, to me, it's a totally different argument. I don't think that, like, George Mason. VCU, I kind of buy it more. I mean, Mason, I would put above the rest just because that, I mean, I guess you could say LSU somewhat a little bit was 11 seed, obviously, and Penn was a 10 seed in, in, in 79. But the George Mason one kind of opened up the floodgates to me, or at least the, I look at them as like kind of the, the, the first of what has now become some, unfortunately, many maybe it's what waters it down. But when George Mason did it, man. But they were like a mid major, low major. Like that, that was the difference. They, they were, were still an 11 seed beating a one. We had never seen any kind of gap between that, between those two seedings at that point. Besides, but, you know, LSU doing it. Well, yeah, but I mean, well, was Kentucky a one seed when it was? Um, okay, eleven yeah. one, like they, and, and that's still like a power conference. It's kind of how I view Villanova beating Georgetown. Like, yeah, it's David Goliath, but also it's two teams from the Big East. You know, it's like, that's different to me than a team from the Colonial Athletic Association beating the top dog in the Big East. Like, it's just it is like, and we see conference strength every single year, and we see that the inherent advantage that you have by being a member of the ACC or the Big Twelve or the SEC 
we see it play out every single March. And so to have a team from the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference that is like should have no ability to, to play with a team from Kentucky. Everything on paper says Kentucky beats them by 25. And then everything on paper says Murray State handles them. Everything on paper says they lose to Purdue handily. To win all three of those games. I lost all three bets. I mean, understandably well, I not so. the Kentucky one, but yeah, I, I lost them against Murray and against Purdue. Like To have them win all three of those games, to me, is is more of a underdog, quote-unquote, Cinderella story than NC State winning four games as a six seed out of the ACC. Or even Villanova winning six games as an eight seed out of the Big East. That's just me. For the record, though, I did take North Carolina this weekend. Hey, I would have been my right. I told my buddy, I was like, "Listen, he's like, you just lost. They, they beat you two. You've, you've taken Murray. You took Purdue to cover. Neither did. Why are you taking?" I was like, "I don't give a bleep now. Like, eventually, this shoe's going to drop. And I'm going to, I'm going to get cash on it." For the record, Miles Way, it's the only game I think I won in the Elite Eight on bets. <laughs> I was bad in the Elite Eight. I, 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 I was bad in the Elite Eight and Sweet 16. I did not have a good gambling run. I did not at all. Texas says, obviously, people know the seeds from 1979, Trevor. <laughs> Do you want me? Well, for, well, Texas, by the way, 1979, the first year they did seeding. I didn't know that. That was the first seeding. That was uh, Michigan State of one and uh, Indiana State of one. Uh, Penn, the Ivy League team, was a 10. And. Oh, crap. Who was the fourth team in the Final Four that year? Was it DePaul? No. Oh, bleep. I can't remember. I think it might have been DePaul. I don't remember what seed they were, though. If if Michigan it, State beat Penn. I know that in the lead. I'm going to look it up. If you're right, I'm going to be very impressed. I'm, if, I'm, if, I'm not, I'm just, if I'm not, I'm going to be mad I can't remember the fourth team. 1979. I think Indiana State beat DePaul. I think it's Michigan State. No, Michigan State beat Penn. In DePaul the, beat DePaul. UCLA 2-1 game. Yeah. Look at you. That's very impressive. And Indiana State beat DePaul. Yeah. I can give you national title games going all the way back to, I think, like 76. I can't give you Final Fours. I lose track of Final Fours in like 01. Well, you know, my, I, I do too, kind of. Really Duke, Arizona, I couldn't yeah. tell you else. Yeah, I, I do too as well. But do you, well, we've already established the mid-2000s was uh, a yeah, you, you, lot, you, lot of yeah. holes in the Trevor memory, unfortunately. So Penn was actually a 9 seed, though. Oh, they were 9? They beat a 10 in the Elite Eight. Oh, do you I know who that 10 was? No, I couldn't tell you. St. John's. I wouldn't have guessed that. Okay. Michigan State was a two. They oh, they beat, were two. I thought they were one. They beat number one seed Notre Dame. Okay. Indiana State was a one. They yeah, beat two seed Arkansas, undefeated. and then two seed DePaul beat one seed UCLA. And DePaul, of course, that DePaul would have been. DePaul, that's another line of where DePaul. I can't remember who's all on that team as they go to the Final Four yet. When they have like guys like Terry Cummings and Mark Aguirre, they choke. It kind of reminds me of Virginia, where they they can't get over the hump with Ralph Sampson, but the year after he's gone, they go to the Final Four. But old and Polynesian at center. They seeded the tournament before 79. No, they didn't. 79 was first year they did the tournament. They've seating. got seedings here on the 78 page. No, that is, I, I can, I know that they did not do seedings. They've got 1Q3L. One what? Yeah. The seedings are weird, but they're, they're different, but they're still there. No, then 79, official year of seedings. That's when they did the 1C, 2C, 3C. Yeah, so it's different. Three. But the process of seeding the bracket was first used in 1978. The 16 conference tournament winners. This is a weird. I'm glad they don't didn't do this after this. <laughs> the 16 conference tournament winners with automatic bids were all seated one through four in each reading. In each region, at large teams were seated one through four in each region separately. So you've got qualifiers Literally and then at large. Used me, dude. It, I'm looking at it too, and I still don't understand it. <laughs> we lost to DePaul in the semifinals of the Midwest region in double overtime as a two qualifier. DePaul was a one <laughs> at large. <two> <laughs> I can't. It's a silly way to they do it. I can't figure out the quad system. You think I'm going to figure this crap out? The NCAA refusing to get out of its own way when it comes to simplicity for at least five decades here. That's what we're getting out of this. 
Kentucky won the national title, by the way. I did, yeah, they beat, yeah, beat Duke. Beat Duke. Yeah, Coach K couldn't get the, you can't win the big one. <laughs> can't do it. Can't win the big one. Texas NC State fans getting upset and arguing about being the best Cinderella in the tournament is so fitting for that fan base. They're upset because you're stripping away from the legacy of the one and only thing that they have as a fan base. You're not wrong. Like, <laughs> NC State fans are, by and large, so sensitive. And I always forget how passionate they are until they get pissed off about something. Like, they... I tweeted out about how Villanova seven years ago, they just lost to NC state in the second round and piccolo girl crying. Piccolo I saw girl. That. that was a great tweet. Yeah. By the way. And I was I like, and you know, the, the consensus at that time was Jay Wright can't get it done in March. And now they're 20 and three in the NCAA tournament since then. First thing I thought when I read that tweet was like, we need to get a band member just to weep next time we lose to a tournament game. Well, we got to get to the tournament first. I know. Well, Let's make that, that's, that's that, step one. Well, that's why she's weeping. Step two, <laughs> crying band member. Step three, profit. <laughs> for money but so carolina fans like or whoever it was like kind of they took that tweet and they were like and what did nc state do after that game and all and then it just my whole mentions just devolved into nc state fans being so defensive and so bitter about everything and didn't arguing us. what didn't they lose to us they did yeah we so beat them next yeah. round um but they you know I think, I think that's the is that the last nc tournament game they've won i think they won an overtime game against lsu maybe yeah it's because it was Godfrey versus Johnny Jones, and I was like, "This is the this is the definitive eight nine game of our generation." It sounds like, and they both missed like five layups in the last minute of regulation, and I was like, "This is this is perfect." I was like, "These two teams should play forever." I think that may be the only game they've won since then. Although LSU may have won that game, I can't even remember. But they haven't done anything since then, and their fan base is so over the top defensive. But I mean, why I get so mad? I mean, I'm an NC State fan, or I'm not an NC State fan, it's just a basketball fan. I'm getting mad at NC State, but. I mean, I'm not going to defend 83. What about the fact that no one's keeping talking about your David Thompson in 74? Yeah. You're one of the greatest players of all time in college basketball history. You won the, you're one of the two teams to, to, to get in there and, and interrupt that UCLA run. I mean, where's brag about that? Texas, as many times when one Final Four game is super hyped, the winner blows in the championship game. I don't, uh, I don't I mean, know if that's true. I mean, obviously, the Wisconsin comes to mind. Yeah, but I, I think that. But I mean that's that a, game wasn't as like super hyped as, as this one. Like, but I, but Houston against us in '83. I mean that, that one was, definitely. But I, I'm thinking more like re, like Duke UConn in '04. The, the consensus was whoever wins this is going to win it all. Mm-hmm. UConn won it. Us versus Kentucky that was definitely hyped in 2012. Kentucky won it. They won the whole thing. Ireland that was hyped as the the as much to the point where like I don't think I mean I guess our game was hyped. But like we we said it before we were. So much of a Cinderella. Like it was hyped as like an emotional. Yeah, I mean, if we'd been both like number one seeds going into that game, that's one thing. Probably, that's, that's a fair point. I don't, I don't know if I'd put that in the same atmosphere as some of the others we've just mentioned. Does it bother you that, so back in 2012, we were the early game. And yeah, I remember, yeah. the explanation from the NCAA folks was, you guys are two East Coast programs, Kansas plays on you know Central Time. Like, we usually try to put a West Coast or a Central Time Our team. difference. Yeah, we try to put make them the late game. Yeah. Well... They didn't even wait to see who was going to be playing uh, Villanova in th- this year's Final Four before they announced that Duke Carolina was definitely the late game. Oh yeah, I mean, well, come on, I mean, it's ridiculous. I I wanted them to be the early game so bad. I tell you, was out of spite. The only reason I don't, in hindsight, didn't mind us being the early game is the fact that I just got to start drinking earlier in depression. Like I didn't even stay for the Kansas Ohio State game. I was there. I was gone. I like by, by the time that game was like tipped off, I was already halfway home and beating traffic out of that place to head down to Bourbon Street to drink. The worst part was I had to, so I had to write about it because I'm covering the Final Four, and I knew I had to stay around all day Sunday, and then go to the game on Monday. I was there because I'd already gotten a hotel. Oh, it was so I, bad. I went with UK friends, and we we just pretty much all decided we're going to stay the hotel till Tuesday. 
So one of us is going to end up being very happy for the next couple of days. One of us is going to be miserable. I end up being the miserable one, obviously. It was terrible. Because they went to the title game. I didn't go. I didn't bother using my ticket. I, I sold my ticket, championship game ticket. I was like, I don't even want it. We thankfully had like friends who were around on Sunday who were UK fans that we got to hang out with and like just drank all of our sorrow away for the entire day, pretty much. And then I went to the game. And I'll never forget walking to the Superdome. And there was this weird lightning storm happening behind the Superdome. And it just felt like I'm walking towards my personal hell. Like, you're going to watch. This is the first national title game you've ever attended in person. You're going to watch Kentucky win it for the first time in your adult life. John Calipari's finally going to get over the hump and, and shed that stigma forever. And then you're going to go back to your hotel room, and you're going to have to write about this. <laughs> it was a. It was bad. It was not great. I sat in a, sat in a patio area of a Holiday Inn because I, didn't, I couldn't smoke in my room. We had already gotten warned about smoking in our room. I had to go sit out there and just basically watch the game on my try to watch it from it was on a TV in like the lobby and I'm sitting outside watching because that's how much I cared a little about the game. I just want to sit there and smoke while I was doing. Did you ever look at these? They did. They did a few of these at the Cardinal Stadium over the years, like the panoramic pictures where you, you can like zoom in after it gets posted yeah. online. You can uh, look at your faces. They did that one for the. They did that for the Super Bowl. And all my friends like were like, I can't see you. And it turns out the moment they took it, this tool bag of a Patriots fan is standing up oh. right in front of me. And I know the guy. I almost got in a fight with this guy at the game, too, because he was such a tool. Good. And like if you zoom, you have to like really zoom and almost move over. And you only get like half my face on this. I'm like, freaking of course. Well, they did it for both the games of the Final Four. Oh, and it's so funny to look it up. I mean, I don't know if it's still online, but like the first one, me and, and Danny, who, who's doing the podcast, I, I brought him with me. Like we're like throwing L's up and like smiling and stuff. And then for the Kansas Ohio State game, like we're not even like like we're just both like down. sitting there like like staring off into the distance, just like looking like our lives have been snatched from us. Where, where were y'all seats for the uh, UK game even in, in twelve? So we had Did you have good seats. Here's the, the weird thing about this was we got this through like a corporate partnership. Yeah, it was this thing where. SB Nation set this up and they reached out and they're like, if your team, if Louisville goes to the Final Four, we've got this set up. Like, we don't have press passes for you, but we've got tickets, hotel, and a rental car that's all being provided. Like, if Louisville goes to the Final Four. And so, like, at that time, this is like, this is before the regular season even ended. So I'm like, cool, like, no chance of that happening. And when it, we get to the Sweet 16, I'm like, hey, I'm like, just so you know, like, I get to go to the Final Four with one of the, like, would you want to go with me? And he's like, sure. Like, I'm not even thinking about it. He commits to this knowing that his he's, he has his bachelor party. We have his bachelor party in the Bahamas the week after this. His or someone's bachelor party? His. Okay. His, we did like a, a joint bachelor party for three of our friends where we all got to go to the Bahamas. This was like the craziest two weeks of my life. I drink in New like Orleans it. for five days, go home for two, fly to the Bahamas for another four days. It was awful. Because <laughs> your memory holes. <laughs> I, we're, I mean, we're walking out with one of our best UK friends. His team's just won the national title. And we're all like... We don't even really want to go to the Bahamas right now. Like, like this, these five days have been too much. But so we went down there, and I mean, it was, it, it was, it was great. But having to actually like stay there for Sunday and Monday was was not ideal. Love the story, but you never told me where your seats were. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, well, actually, don't get me wrong. Loved all the extra stuff. When I was finishing right was there, I was trying to remember what you actually literally asked. Literally a simple question. We were we actually had really good seats. Like now, no, you feel kind of like halfway up the first section at, at midcourt. Okay, which was great, but it was like the only thing that sucked was it was almost all like corporate seats. So uh, the people around us didn't have a rooting interest, except for the two people right next to us who were diehard UK fans. But, I, I unfortunately was in the very. I mean, when I say nosebleed, I mean I leaned my head against the wall of the silver, of the Superdome. That's how really, I, I couldn't see anything on the court. Like I, I watched, I watched. I it, 
Hindsight, I wish I almost hadn't gone because I just pretty much watched the game on the big screen above the court. I couldn't see, you couldn't tell anything on the court. As, as I believe as it was. I mean, my eyes, I'm not, a, I have near, I'm farsighted anyway. So, yeah, it was just, you know, like, you know, eight black, nine black dots and Kirk running around. Man. I mean, to me. And that's, so I just pretty much watched it. So, yeah, the fact we lost. It kind of sucked. The only cool thing was the impartial people all around us like started pulling for U of L when we were making the comeback. So like we're high fiving everybody. Like the two UK fans next to us look like they want to die, and it was just like that was the Wayne Blackshear put back dunk and the Siva three that tied it were yeah. two of like my greatest all time fan. Like I think I threw my shoulder out of place <laughs> after the Siva shot. Like it was unreal. I tried to get I tried to get media credentials because we went on the air and I mean I'd been working radio since '08, but it was kind of in between stuff after Cumulus went over and everything and. uh we came on here on October third of eleven, so like I tried to get credentials for the, the Final Four, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if this is still the same policy, they were like, if you don't, if you don't, if you're not cleared for credentials for every tournament game, you can't get Final Four credentials. Hmm. Like if you're, if you want for, I don't think that's true because we send Ricky every single. That's year. That's what I'm saying. I don't know yeah. if that same thing, but that's what I was told. Like in eleven, they were like, listen, if you if you're a radio station or whatever, if you, if you're you know to cover Louisville, then. You need to have been at least approved, I guess, for... I guess you didn't have to go, but you could at least apply and have been approved for, like, every round. They basically were like, there's no way in hell we're letting you in here. Yeah, but so in 12, I made sure to make, apply and, and yeah. all the rounds, even though I only went to... I, yeah, I didn't even go to... The, I actually didn't go to the Duke game because, of, because the, the timing just didn't work out well. You mean 13? Like, yeah, thir- uh, no, yeah. yeah, 13. But because I had applied and been accepted for it, I got to apply and be accepted for the Atlanta Final Four games. Yeah, we w- I went to the and Duke was, game and yeah. went to Atlanta too, but it was kind of the same deal where I, I got to go as a fan, which was best case scenario for me because yeah. I wanted to drink, and then I still had to go back and write about it. I mean, I watched the – well, when I went to the, the the games in UK against Colorado State and was it Murray, I would say, we played in the first round that year, I forget. We played, you mean in 2013? Yeah. We played – The Moorhead or – We played Moorhead in the first game in 2009. We played North Carolina A&T in the first game in 2013. And then Colorado oh, okay. State A&T, the next day. Yeah. I went to those games, but I didn't even sit in the press area. Yeah. I just I, – I sat in the crowd. And, it's not fun. Yeah. And then the, the Duke game, I just – because I can't the timing. It was weird. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go home and watch it. And, yeah. you know. But the final four, I did sit in the uh, media area, sort of. It was – there was, you know, say 400 people in there, and they only had 100 chairs. So it was it was kind of cutthroat to find a chair in that place. Uh, Texas says the NC State game that I'm talking about against LSU was actually the game before they beat Villanova. They've only been back once since, and it was an 8-9 loss to Seton Hall in 2018. So, yeah, no mm-hmm. conference, uh, no NCAA tournament losses, uh, wins since then. Texas says, does Brian Smith spontaneously combust if UNC wins? That's my uh, buddy who's a UNC fan. He actually texted in earlier, and he's doing the UNC thing. This is what I know all UNC fans would say. I'm 100% fine with this. You can't be scared. I'd love the chance to end his career in his last game at home in the same season. It's the mentality you have to have as a fan. I would. All I'm saying is that in the back of all these people's minds, including you, Smitty, you know that fear's there a little bit. When you say Smitty, I think a hook. Smitty. The movie Hook, you're... Of course. <laughs> so I think I'm surrounded. My mind, my mind goes when you say that. His brother's name's Rufio. Rufio! <laughs> I guarantee, and it will absolutely be there if you lost. You'll all be saying, we wish we'd lost to Baylor in the second mm-hmm. round. Even now... You may not, and you're doing the right thing. Because if I was in your spot, I'd be, I'd be doing the exact same thing. There's at least a little piece in the back of the mind. It's like we had it so good. I wish we just gotten beat by St. Peter's. It's, <sighs> you can't admit it now, but you're going to. I mean, part of you don't even want to. You should, if anything, you should just hope, wish you lost to Marquette. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's like it's like in the ACC tournament when they got to the semifinals and Duke was blasting fools and Carolina got hammered by Virginia Tech. I was like, that's a that's a grade A rivalry move. You had it perfect. Why ruin it by losing to Duke in the ACC championship game? And 
I still think it was worth it. But now it's a final four. You can't avoid it. The stakes are even higher. But if you win, oh, oh, it's too good. Texas says, I wonder how many people are pulling for Villanova just for that reason. Well, because of Kansas's maybe issues. I mean, I mean, I'm kind of pulling for Villanova just because I don't like the other three teams. Yeah, I, well, I like them the, the most. I mean, the, out of the four, yeah, the yeah. four. I wouldn't say I really. I, I don't the lesser like, of four even. Exactly. I don't know. I don't even know if I would use the word like, but yeah. Texas says skills have been uncanceled. Lime is back, baby. Ooh, the lime is back to replace the apple. I didn't mind the apple. Huh? Skittles. They changed the green uh, one from lime to apple a few years ago, and apparently, according to this texture. Lime is now taken back. Um, did I miss something in the conversation? Did we bring that up at some point? No, but, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> was it random? Was that blackout? When we, we cover all about, topics here, Trevor. When we brought up Skittles earlier, was that, was that just like zoned out? To, ooh, Wordle. I haven't done Wordle yet. Texas says Rutherford's talking directly to Tate Frazier here with uh, laser red eyes. <laughs> didn't you, Tate knows. Didn't you tweet something about him today or something? They're doing their live show down there. I was just trying to help him out. Oh, okay. That's nice of me. Look at you. Yeah, I love those guys. Texas says, while different, can you imagine if we beat that UK team and they still didn't have a championship? Yeah, it'd be the greatest thing of all time. That'd be so awesome. It'd be, it would have been the greatest. I mean, Texas, you have no idea how many times I've... Yeah, that's... Texas says, who is the biggest disappointment this season? Is it UK or Purdue? UK is the National Player of the Year, but all the dorks in college basketball media overhyped Purdue in the preseason. No, it's UK because Purdue fans, I think, have come to, accustomed to, to falling short upon yeah. expectations. Although they were... Man, there's no excuse. Matt Painter. I mean, they have the third best. They have the number one offensive team in the country. I know. I mean, and to lay an egg against St. Peter's in the, in the Sweet 16. Whew. Like, I didn't, like, when I took Murray State minus seven, I think, against St. Pete's in the second round, I was like, I feel like this is a good bet, but I, I'm i not overly confident. I felt very good about laying the 12 points on Purdue against St. Peter's. Exactly. Like, like, this is this is it. She's going to drop, right? This has got to be it. I mean, no, no, no way. Oh, man. Texas, can you give a PSA to Louisville Twitter to stop using the eyeball emoji for every transfer that enters the portal? <laughs> it's not going to stop anytime soon. Can we just ban the eyeball emoji in general? I mean, I love using it just because <laughs> I mean, like, you don't have to actually say anything. It's just like, huh? Oh, watch out. It's like, I might know something, or I might just be using this to say, here's a guy we should get involved. It can mean anything. Like, you can use it. It's the best emoji to use because you're saying something without actually saying anything. <laughs> it's just open to interpretation. It's like music. It's the Bob Dylan of, of Twitter emojis. Uh, Texter says, the worst. What, what's the worst tournament loss? 2014 to UK or T1 Company versus MSU? To me... 14. To me, like, everybody has their own fan preference. To me, it's not even close. And it's Kentucky in 14. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, the 08 sucked. Don't get me wrong. I was... Wait a minute, don't... Oh, wait, was, was that Michigan State or North Carolina? Oh, 09 was Michigan State. Yeah, 08 was, oh, eight was North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, I thought he did. I can't remember what the texture said 08 or 09. He's talking about MSU. Okay. Yeah, the North Carolina one will bother me more than the Michigan State one. Yeah, but we were underdogs in that game. Yeah, but again, I, I was there. Carolina fans were annoying. Again, I brought it up. That was Pageant senior year for me. It was. So that, that one had, for me personally, more emotion to it. We had the most annoying fan in the world behind us. I wanted, <laughs> she was a woman, and she was just like, like, we were standing up because, like, Louisville was making a comeback. And, like, everybody else was standing up. And she's, like, the one person. And she's like, I can't even see the game because y'all won't stand. Sit down. I'm trying to watch. And, like, my buddy finally turned around. And he goes, looks at the guys. But he goes, I don't know which one of you has to take this animal home. But I feel so. <laughs> and it was, I was like, I knew he was going to snap at some point. Like, she was terrible. I've only snapped one time at somebody in that scenario. And that was my first ever UK game, uh, which was the, um, the Swapshire game. And I had uh, I kept standing up, and the one behind me kind of got mad, and I eventually I just turned around and said, 
just enjoy the fact you get to look at my butt this much. <laughs> I didn't use that word butt, by the way. I believe it. Husband didn't really, didn't, the boyfriend slash husband didn't appreciate it, but he was like half my size, so he was going to keep it to himself. Thankfully, he didn't know I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> Texas, when are you guys going to get with the times and start a community page like Big Brother, Kentucky, Roll Call? <laughs> Probably not anytime soon. I mean, you can if you want. I don't, you're not, the problem is, is you don't do Facebook. Nobody does Facebook anymore. I mean, I, well, I'm okay. the old guy over here. But you I mean you're 75 at heart, so I know, you do I Facebook. I, I mean, I, I, by doing it, like, do I post stuff? No, I think I, I don't think I've posted since the Super Bowl run. But I, I'm on. I like still go on there and like scroll through it, and I, I, I comment on like that the KRC page and like um, other like private pages. I have with friends I do, but like yeah, on my personal page, I don't do anything. I have the Car Chronicle page, but that's basically just to post links. And to, that's the only reason you're on yeah. Facebook. I think you've told me before. Like, yeah, I wouldn't have a personal profile yeah. if I if I didn't have. Now to do that. I noticed uh, we there is Tiki uh, Roll Call just recently done a, a kind of a private page for Twitter that we're on like uh, TJ oh, like something. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I've, I don't know how it's. It's not like it's not like private. Like as much as like I don't know. I, it's just some kind of like fan Twitter account page or something. Well, it's weird. I don't know. We can do that maybe. Yeah, maybe. Let us know. Yeah, if you guys want that, wait. or you know, here, here's an idea. We're at your mercy. Here's an idea: text or, or anybody out there who wants to see it, create it yourself, and then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll maybe jump on there. Maybe, maybe. Texas, here's my hang up: Duke, UNC, and Kansas have the most obnoxious fans outside of UK and Clemson football fans. Who are the three? Duke, UNC, and Kansas. Kansas, I can definitely confirm. Kansas, sir. I sit next Oof. to I, my first tournament ever was 2001, which was uh, involved. The uh, it was the Prince versus uh, Tulsa game, and then the next game was Kansas versus Stanford, and I had to leave at halftime at Kansas Stanford a because the game was a blowout, and b because the woman next to me would not quit spitting on me as she chanted "Hawk Chalk Jayhawk" <sighs> non freaking stop. It's a haunting cheer in person I'm, when you hear it. Yeah, it's rough. I was like, I don't care how drunk and high I am, I'm out of here. I can't take this anymore. Ooh, Texas says Travis Branham has just reported that Louisville has reached out to Dante Allen. It's happening. If he comes here and like plays well, I mean, that's just so great, right? I mean, right? It's going to be awesome. He comes here and begins like it's like Johnny just saying. I mean, how awesome would that be? <laughs> it would be great. It would be great. Come on. I don't know if I want Dante Allen. Oh, uh, from what I know of him, I don't. I, I I told this I think to KRC. I sent him the text the other day. I was like, if there's if he's any smart, he'll just transfer to Ole Miss and. Become the greatest hero he can become because he's only going to play well against Mississippi State anyway. Yeah, I mean, he kind of feels like the player we've had too much of recently. Where, first of all, he's a has the reputation for being a shooter, and when we've gotten guys here who have a reputation for being a shooter, they've miraculously turned into non shooters once they've they've donned the red and black. Also, the lack of defense. Like I'm sick of us taking guys that just are defensively challenged <laughs> i can't watch another team that can't keep ball handlers in front of them and if we're going to play the type of defense that i think kenny payne is going to play here i think i don't know we're going to have to have better defenders than dante allen but we'll see uh texture says my uk friend got tickets to the swapshire game and i was in the student section a lot of words were exchanged that would have been a bad one that would have been a bad that's one. my first game that's my first ever uk game <laughs> that would have been rough uh texture says is Second kenny was the final four was it Oh. Is Kenny Payne waiting for Duke to lose to grab Nolan Smith? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean Nolan's fun. not going to leave the team in the middle of a national championship run, potentially. <laughs> Pretty funny if he did. <laughs> I mean, we're in a similar situation with a little bit on the, the women's side. You know, we've got an assistant who's 
committed to – not committed, he's signed to be the next – he is the Mississippi State head oh, coach yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. And he's sticking with us for the end of a run. Like, that's the way the coaches work. Um, Texas says, Mike is becoming Trevor today. Interrupts with random facts about Skittles. <laughs> Went on various tangents and forgot the original point. If Mike has a sudden disdain for salads, his transition will be complete. You're right. Like you, you came back and I instantly just – I just became you. You did. I just love the fact you went on for like five minutes about that. And all I did was ask you where your seat and I was. Could, well, I was trying to explain like why I had these seats. And then I couldn't remember what I was talking about. I did. I, I pulled a Trevor. Going to Bahamas. And I'm like, God, this is all great info. Don't get me wrong. I just, You're right. Actually, <laughs> I just tuned in. But have you discussed what's out there about Kenny Payne not having contacted Sam Williamson or uh, Deontay Davis yet? Seems like a problem, even if you don't want them on the team. I mean, I don't know if they've – I guess it is out there, according to the texture, that they haven't been contacted. Um, I kind of assumed that when we were talking about it earlier in the show, but I haven't seen it like officially reported that this is why, and, and neither one said that in their statements. But I think in this case, the silence probably speaks loudly enough for these guys to realize that the coaching staff doesn't – the new coaching staff, the new era of Louisville basketball might feel like they need to upgrade their spots and – Look, Sam Williamson, I know, has offers. I know he's got options. He, he can transfer to a Power 5 conference school and play there for a couple of years if he wants to. I'd assume Deontay Davis will have spots available for him, whether it's at Purdue or elsewhere. So, yeah, that's just that. I, I've got no insight. Again, like I don't I don't have a direct line to Kenny Payne. I can't tell you who he's talked to and who he hasn't to talked to. Uh, Texas says, Mike, what do you think happens first? UofL makes the college football playoff, or UofL wins two national titles in men's basketball? Man, <laughs> college playoff or win two national titles in basketball, men's basketball. Okay, you might want to specifically say men's. Yeah, I agree. Because um, Miami, you say women's, you might have better chances. That might be make it easier question. There's no might have about that. Yeah, well, one of them is going to happen this year. Um, ooh. I'm going to say maybe college football chance. I don't, I don't know. I mean. Is there an option B? Is there an option C if neither, maybe? I'm going to say, well, if the playoff expands, which I think it's going to in 2026 to 12 teams, I'm going to say then it's it's football making the playoff. Okay. Because, I, I, I lean towards that anyway. I know someone's probably going to be like, oh, you think you're really going to make the playoff? You're, da, da. Yeah, but you're asking me to pick between the two. I mean. Exactly. I mean, we would have been, if there had been a playoff, a 12-team playoff in 2006, in 2013, 2012, 2016, like we would have been right in that mix. I mean, hell, in 04, we definitely would, in 04 and 06, we would have made it. You could, you could have argued that there was a 14 playoff in those years. Yeah. Well, and you can also say, if you want to, in 2016, if we're playing that last game against Kentucky and there's a trip to the playoff on the line, then we have a different mentality than we actually had, which was the mentality of a team that had just lost its playoff chance by getting blown out by Houston the week yeah. before. Like I think that that you can you can make that a case pretty quickly. So I'll say playoff just as my answer there. Um, Texas says Payne, don't waste our time on Allen. I kind of kind of agree. But. I, I kind of too. I just for just just for fun, I'd like to think it'd be it'd be a nice scenario if that happened. Texas says Trevor Mike has always loved Skittles, and in another radio life, he proved on air that he can taste the difference of each Skittle blindfolded. I did do that. I might have to call BS on that one. I did it. Well, John read this new story that said all Skittles are actually the same. And I'm like, no, they're not. They don't taste. It's not like tricks because that is the truth. Like they have different colors, but they all taste the same. Really? Skittles have distinctive tastes, 
And so he blindfolded me, and I did a taste test of Skittles, and I nailed it because Skittles taste different per color. Tricks don't? They're all, they're, they're all the same. Really? All the same. I did not know that. Now you do. And I guess, I think Skittles, you're right. I think, because especially like the yellow, and you can tell that. They're, they're different. There's, yeah. There's no way around. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Texas, does, does, does Villanova have bad recruiting history? I mean, it depends what your definition of hot, bad recruiting history is. I mean, do they bring in a lot of McDonald's All-Americans? Like, we didn't probably, no. I mean, I guess there's a similar. Jay Wright did that for. Because currently they have, what, Brian Antoine? He's, is he, and he's still on the team or not? I don't think so. And he was like a top 10 recruit. They did, like, for a little bit of time, like, Jay Wright went out there and got, quote-unquote, one-and-done type players, and they didn't win at a high level with them. So he changed philosophies. He went with what works. He went, goes with more of the Colin Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels type player, and they've ridden that. Not, not saying they don't have talent, because they had, what, three guys drafted from the 2018 national title yeah. team. But more or less, they've done it with two or three or four-year college players. Like, Jalen Brunson was national player of the year, but he wasn't a, a one-and-done type talent. It's a different philosophy, and it works for them. I mean, they've brought in uh, – yeah, I don't think yeah, – yeah, is he still on the team? Yeah, he is. He's Brian Antoine is on this year's team? Yeah, he averages 1.4 points and 1.2 rebounds this I was going to say, that's why I thought he wasn't. But he was a top recruit, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he was – he's listening to me by sports references, which does the, you know, the, the like all sites combined, he's listed as 16. Hmm. I mean, he was – yeah, he was a big guy, big recruit, I thought. Uh, so about the women uh, game again tonight. Did you watch any of the Tennessee game? I know you were you were driving so no, much this weekend. No, I did. You got, I did. I got, got the to game. Watch Tennessee game. Yeah. I there was a part of me that feared that what happened to this team against Miami in the ACC tournament and against NC State in the regu- in the regular season was going to happen again, where they're clearly in control of the first half, they're dominating, and Tennessee's been a team that has played from behind for most of their tournament. They're they're big on making runs, and when they got it down to four. I was like, here we go again. Yeah, I got a little nervous too. And now that it's over, now that they were able to stave off that comeback, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad they kind of got faced with that, oh no, it might be happening again. Let's stare this directly in the face because they got it out of their system. They faced that same type of adversity. Now, it wasn't as furious a comeback as Miami made or as NC State made, but it still was something. And so they stared down the end of their season in the same type of fashion that their two most dramatic losses had come in. And... They handled it, and I'm glad they got that out of their way, out of their system now. They checked that box before they got to a regional final or before they got to a final four. Now, the weird thing about tonight's game is this is the team that Louisville played back in December and just hammered. It was 70-48, to 48 and it really wasn't that close. They, they just destroyed them in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and both sides can say they're not thinking about that game, but it has to be in your mind at least a little bit. It scares me a little bit, too. It scares me that. a little bit. Yeah, it does. It has. I, I want to be cocky, and I want to be – like, oh, we blow them out. It's going right. to be easy. That's, back when I'm thinking, that I, how many times have we seen the scenario where the team who got blown out in the regular season has come back and got that revenge in the, in the late stages of a tournament? And, I mean, it was over three months ago. It was played at home. It's You can't, I think, read too much into that. Like, this is – it would be shocking for Louisville to dominate tonight in the same fashion that they did back in December. This is an Elite Eight game. Michigan's been rock solid ever since that. And it's played on a neutral floor. Having said that, I think we're clearly the better team. I think having watched most of, of Michigan versus South Dakota, it was apparent to me. I'm not going to pretend to have watched a whole bunch of Michigan women's basketball since they played L. but seeing them on, on Saturday, I was Why like, not? <laughs> well, seeing them on Saturday, especially right after having watched us play Tennessee, I'm like, we're better than these, these ladies. We should be able to win this game. But the Elite Eight, like Bill Self said yesterday, 
for a lot of coaches, especially the the higher profile ones, this is the hardest round because once you get here as a top seed, you're just expected to go to the final four. Like everyone just assumes you're going to win this game. We, we established that. We talked about possible scouts, hypothetical next five years. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we just said, if you can go to five straight late eights, it doesn't matter. Right. Where's your confidence level for this one? Now as we are nine o'clock tip, I'm glad it's the late game. So like you bit, yeah. get the, get the nerves out, stay yep. up a little bit late. That's fine. Get the kids to bed, get focused, get the cards gear on nine o'clock tip off. What's your confidence level right now? Um, Despite what we just said, I've, I'm going to say between 1 and 10, 10 being, uh, 1 being, just put the alcohol in my veins, 10 being, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going 8, 8.5. I think I'm a solid 7.5. I'm a little high. I mean, I'm. thing is, is I can blindly be more optimistic and excited because I literally know nothing about Michigan other than we beat them and that they're, they're meeting us now. And I mean, I, I watch, I just don't watch enough women's basketball to know the surroundings. I mean, other than some of the obvious things, like, you know, South Carolina's awesome, and yeah. Louisville's good, obviously. UConn's good again. UConn's good. Yeah, shocking, yeah. Uh, but other than, so, I, my confidence is high. I did love that, you know, there was all this talk about, because there, there was a comment made, I can't remember who made it, about the, you know, the women's tournament being, parody never reigns supreme, it's always the same teams in there, and then, like, after the first weekend, they're like, the women's tournament's even crazier than the men's tournament, and then kind of like the men's tournament, you get to the Elite Eight, and you're like, oh, we got a 15. One versus a two, one versus a two, one versus a three, one versus a 10. Like we could end up with a final four that is the biggest names in the program and they're all relatively high seeds. Now, the men's final four doesn't have an AC, but it, for God's sake, it's Carolina. So it's we could end up with, after the, all this madness through the first weekend, a chalky final four loaded with blue bloods on both sides with I mean, the men's and the women's tournament. That's how it happens. Well, with men, women, that's always usually how it happens. I mean, that's, I mean, at least the women's, they're making progress with some 10 seeds and some of the seeds making more than one, you know, one win and beyond. Cause usually the women's side is pretty much chalk, but I mean, even the men's a lot of times when it's all said and done, you look back at a final four, it's usually the, the cream usually rises to the top for the most part. Yeah. I mean, uh, one seed has won the tournament. I think 14 of the last 18 yeah, years. I mean, we, th- that's the, the, the wonkiness and craziness of the tournament usually is pretty much elite eight and, and from first round to elite eight. And then we get to final four. No, no, no. There's your occasional, you're obviously the Butler and George Mason and yeah. stuff, but most part it's usually, clears up by the final four and then if it doesn't it typically clears up at the final four yes yeah because those 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 11 seeds get destroyed or something yeah yeah I mean, it, besides last year although it was gonzaga so who cares right yeah, it's yeah. like that's more of a indictment on gonzaga than anything else uh nine o'clock tip off on espn let's make a final prediction Trevor, i'm over three on word about right now oh boy I'm, I'm, I'm on word four with three letters i know right, you better figure this out because if you if you don't get this the cards are losing tonight Thanks for putting a lot of pressure on it's me. It's all on you. What's your score prediction for tonight? Uh, the Lady Cards are going to another Final Four. Who will be playing the Final Four if we win this game? It's all South Carolina, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, probably. <sighs> Why do we get on that side of the bracket? Because uh, we're the, the last one. Yeah, I don't care. Screw you, Don Staley. We're taking it. Uh, your short little punk butt. Uh, we're going um, Louisville wins tonight by... Six. I didn't realize South Carolina's already punched their tickets. So it's officially South Carolina. They'd be, cra- yeah. be creating by 30 yesterday. Yeah, I watched. I did watch a little bit of that game, actually. We've got two number one seeds already there. We're getting a third tonight, at least a third. UConn's going to beat NC State before us. We're going to take care of business. I'm going to say cards 75, Michigan 68. Okay. Honestly, we've talked about this. This is just perfect to the scenario of what we talked about today. If it gets to be Louisville versus you, you want Louisville versus UConn for revenge in the championship game, right? Revenge for what? I mean, beating us over the, over the years. Just in general, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, with the exception of the one regular season win we've had, they've been a Two freaking season thorn in our side for the entire Jeff Walls era. We beat them twice in a row. They haven't beaten us in like 1,865 days. And when it, But we both know it tournament does that only matters if you do it in a tournament well i mean we could have revenge on a number of different fronts because if we if if it's stanford they knocked us out, us out in the elite eight last year in kind of horrifying fashion i get it i get it it's, UCon- it's different uconn is is a different different horse of different color i'm with you i if mean you want to win a title i want to beat you i think about 05 i think about was it 12 13 yeah 13 i mean yeah, I want I want to beat UConn in, in, a, in, a, in a big stage game, whether it be Final Four Championship. All right, let's get it done tonight. Whether we win, whether we lose, we're back here tomorrow at 3. Hopefully, we're celebrating a Final Four berth. Go Cards, beat Michigan. We'll see everybody tomorrow at 3. I said I love the Don't lotus. The streets are getting hotter. There is no water to put out the fire. Me go, Paris.